Quest Gaming Network presents Elder Scrolls Off the Record. going on everyone and welcome back to another episode of elder scrolls off the record a quest gaming network production available for download on itunes stitcher radio and questgamingnetwork.com today's record date is turdos the 28th of second seed and i am your host and fellow tamrielic traveler and the man who continues to his day job when he PvPs, making the bad guys run away in fear, Ivarwin. Uh, and of course, I'm joined by my wonderful cast. First up is the future Empress, Liz, Mistress Lebo. Hello, hello. Howdy ho. How you doing, Liz? Howdy ho! Howdy ho! <laughs> Congratulations, you weren't muted this week. I, I thought about it. <laughs> just to piss you off. <laughs> just to just to get one, huh? Just get one yeah. in nice and early in the show. Uh, <laughs> go with you if you want to live, but you probably won't. It's Rob Rage Philosophy. Hey guys, hey chat room. How's it going? It's what is today? Thursday? It's Turdos. 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 And author of The Guar Tales I Flipped, A Biological Perspective, Mike, the Tamrielic Historian. Is that a boy or a girl Guar? Let us find out. <laughs> Lift and run away! <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, alright guys, so, so Liz, who, uh, we've, we've got some, some very nice, um, donations and, uh, five star reviews and all that going on this week. Who, who has sponsored us? All of them this week. Well, we had some listeners who donated this week from Patrick Oxley. Yay! Cameron Gerbong. Yay! And Jack Astrup. Yay! Jack A! Jack A! Who has an additional note. Big fan of the show. Just got my first job last month at as a, as a Sonic car hop and felt I should send a little something your way. Let me tell you something. That is amazing because people that work at places like that, giving any kind of donation is really, really generous. Because, I mean, yeah. I just know. We got some awesome fans. So big, yeah, huge thank amazing. you to Patrick Oxley, Cameron Gervon, and Jack Hey, Jack Airstrip. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, guys. And we're also sponsored by Tweaked Audio at tweakedaudio.com. Go there for quality headphones, free worldwide shipping, and 30% off with our code off the record, all one word, at tweakedaudio.com. Yay. Guess who the next one is? Um, I don't know. Why don't you tell us? Um, that would be audible.com. <gasps> oh, my. <laughs> Go. Yeah, you can go get free audiobooks at audibletrial.com slash questgamingnetwork. Yeah. And 
Uh, it's also sponsored by this week's iTunes five star reviewers: Holy Night two nine seven, Zam, Invigri, what? Invidigrient nine nine nine. Something I can't pronounce. Christopher Bailey, 1967, and Mana, 69. Yes, thank you so much, everyone yes. who uh, yes, uh, who said uh, <laughs> thank you and, uh, and uh, gave us a, a five-star review on iTunes. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for that. Um, Rob, we got an awesome show planned out for you today. Uh, why don't you tell everyone what, uh, what we're doing? Well, that's awful nice of you to plan the show out for me. <laughs> uh, hey! So... Uh, but this week, uh, our, our gameplay is going to include Skyrim, as well as Elder Scrolls Online. We have a monster discussion topic. Elder Scrolls Online, what console players should know. Plus some Tamriel's rumors. What does Zoss have to say at E3? Mm-hmm. Plus, we got the crafting table, a Rage of the Week in here somewhere at a random moment of my choosing. And your YouTube comments and emails. Awesome. Wield a lot of power with that at a random moment of my choosing. <laughs> <laughs> at any moment, I am a bomb that could explode all over your earlobes. Ew. Ew. That's gross. <laughs> uh. <laughs> now that we're all feeling very uncomfortable. <laughs> yes, Mike, tell us. Uh, we've got something quick to mention. <laughs> Save us. Save us, Mike. So Amazon lets you show your ESO faction pride with a Twitter contest. If you follow at Amazon Games and retweet their announcement post, you may be one of six lucky winners to win an Xbox One or PlayStation 4, Ebonheart Pact, Daggerfall Covenant, or Aldmeri Dominion-themed console. So I uh, registered. Did you guys? No, I need to. <sighs> that sounds awesome. I oh, I had not actually. Um, <gasps> I I have a PlayStation Four, and I have no desire to get an Xbox One because I already have a PlayStation Four that I barely use. So I figured, eh, you know, someone else who really wants it, uh, I won't throw my hat in just in case I I might win. So let someone else win who's more deserving than me. You know. Oh, you added that more deserving than you because I was about to be like, yeah, me, me, me. Yeah, like uh, Liz, you're more deserving. Nah. <laughs> all right um a little stiff tonight we're a little we're a little dry at the moment uh <laughs> well we'll make it on through of course <laughs> i don't know why we, we're laughing we're laughing our butts off early in the beginning of the show but we can't talk about that <laughs> yeah unfortunately um rob what else we've got something else that you want to mention right yes i would like to mention uh don't forget tune in Friday at 10.30 Eastern Time, uh, that's 10.30 p.m. Eastern, for another episode of Dancing with Daggers. That is our Daggerfall Covenant-centered stream for Elder Scrolls Online, Tamriel Unlimited. Uh, it's like Firefly, except it's not sci-fi, and there's no spaceship, and there's a talking cat. Wait, wouldn't that be uh, Red Dwarf, then? Uh, I, I got you right. Wow. Nerd. <laughs> wow, Mike, you had to dig deep for that. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> no, you don't have to dig that deep. You have a talking cat. There's not many shows with a talking cat, especially sci-fi shows. Just, oh, just Doctor Who. Just mentioning, just mentioning Red Dwarf is a deep dig. That's like, oh, let's let's look in the in the 80s section of my head. Okay, where's that that darkened corner that I am afraid to go into? Let me check that. Oh, there's a box here. Let me open that. Oh, there's a T-shirt I should throw out. 
There's a rainbow bride I should throw away. Oh, look at that. Red dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, if Arwen knows about red or rainbow bride, holy crap. Well, I told you that's a darkened part of my life. <laughs> I don't like going to. All right. There's also a glow worm in there and several He-Man uh, uh, toys. <laughs> and all of the My Little Pony collection that he had. <laughs> no, I drew the line. <laughs> oh boy so um despite the fact that i never owned a rainbow bride i think i might actually have convinced everyone that worms. i did yeah. well that's a good way to start the show <laughs> more embarrassing secrets about of Arwen. that's right <laughs> that to so, me is a winner um before i before i say more things that may uh make me question my own uh self uh let's uh, go ahead in the weekly gameplay guys We are back after the awesome. You know, um, we got uh, on. Speaking of like, f first of all, speaking of 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 people. Hello, everyone in our wonderful chat room. Thank you for making it out tonight. Uh, I know the show uh, was kind of announced last minute. I do apologize for that. Um, I found out very late last night that we'd be able to do the show today, so uh, I do apologize. However, um, uh, the the five star reviews on iTunes. Like, we actually got a three star review from Canada. Where this guy was saying, uh, great discussion, um, and uh, what did he say? Very well produced, but unfortunately, Avarwin is, like, extremely unprofessional. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh. well, no, the guy's right, though. Like, he called out, like, one or two moments where, you know, it's just like, it, he's right. <laughs> um... And I don't know. I'll have to have words with that. Person. I I had no. Uh, I I think it might have been referring to the uh, get get off the internet comment. I mean, oh, okay. well, <laughs> good so, on you, Canadian listener. <laughs> I I mean I can't fault the guy. He's a hundred percent right. So um, I don't even know why I'm bringing it up. It's just a talking point, I suppose. Um, but you know that's that's you know. I, I get that way when I feel like I'm trying to, you know, protect our listeners and, and ESO's Aww. player base. Like, I get, like, angry. and So, <laughs> so if I owe apologies, I, I do apologize um, out there for, for, for being um, unprofessional every now and again. I, I guess I'll clean myself up. <laughs> I think you're okay, dude. Think I'm all right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, leave the unprofessionalism to me. <laughs> All right, well, guess what, folks? Um, at the beginning and the end of our gameplay section, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell you what your weekly challenges are for next episode. <gasps> going to do that. This way I don't forget, like I did the last two weeks, which caused us to really not have challenges for the last episode. I remember to say them, but I said <laughs> challenges that I, I laid down like two weeks prior. I'm like, this is just stupid. <laughs> I keep waiting for him to now say, you know, and Liz or Rob or Mike, what did you do today? And, you know, I just completely forget about it again. Yeah. So go ahead. Why don't you tell us? Uh, what the challenges are? 
Hurry up, yeah. tell us, tell us, tell us. Oh, well, they're right in front of you. I, I don't know if maybe... Yeah, but the listeners can't see that. They can't read it. Do you, are, do you think they're in their car right now just, like, yearning with a burning desire to, like, what is my? what am I being challenged this <laughs> No, I think they're taking bets, like actually in the chat room right now, whether or not you're actually going to tell us or not. So the stalling is not helping. Yeah. No, I'm I'm going to tell you right now. So so here's here's your job. By the way, guys, on the way over to the microphone today, Rob and I were talking at the coffee pot over at QGN Manor. No, watch this. Oh no! No, what'd you do? Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) Don't delete it from the notes. I've got nothing. No. You've I undone me. Control X. No. The entire paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> um, hello to the doctor, by the way. He's on uh, He's on Mike's stream right now. It's pretty cool. I'm getting some extra help here. Technologically challenged. Yes. Yeah. So, all right. Gameplay, guys. Here is here is my challenges for you guys at home and for, and for my hosts. Number one, here's a big challenge. You'll never get one harder than this. Play Arena. That's it? That's it. <laughs> Play arena. All right, now you. Well, can... I know what I won't be doing <laughs> after the Daggerfall uh, escapade. Um, now you can download it for free on elderscrolls.com/arena. A R E N A. Or you can actually, if you have the Elder Scrolls anthology, you can you can play it there as well. Um, but yeah, play arena. Send us an email and let us know how you did, how you liked it. You know um, what things you noticed that were. Elder Scroll Z and um, don't worry about the list of things that are not. <laughs> uh, so yeah, play arena. Number two, create a dead is dead character in any of the Elder Scrolls games. Tell us how you died and tell, tell us if you died. And if you did, tell us how, okay? I think I might do that one and like set it on master and see how many characters it takes me to get from Helgen to Riverwood. Wow. Wow, that that's a <laughs> that's sure, a cool spin. Make sure you shut off your autosave. Yeah. Mm. So then you can't cheat. I didn't even know you could shut autosave off in Skyrim. Yeah. yeah, there's an option to shut it off. Well, it's it's PS3 players knew that immediately because, you know, less load screens. Yeah. Yeah. Those load times. Ooh. Makes sense. Um, so any, any Elder Scrolls, it does not have to be Skyrim. So, so I know there's some fans out there that are, um, really, really, really into Daggerfall. You, you know, this applies there as well. Morrowind, Oblivion, even Elder Scrolls Online, you could do this. You know, you, you get, you die, that's it. All right. So, you know, you just delete it. Oh, so create a dead is dead character in any of the Elder Scrolls games and tell us if you died and how you died. Then here's your final challenge, guys. Play through four dungeons, just four, not the ten I said earlier. <laughs> Play through four dungeons in Oblivion and show us your best looted item and give us your best story as well. It can be uh, a, a story of how you how you got the quest, how you finished the quest while doing the quest, a combat story, uh, if you happen to have died. Uh, maybe you made a dead is dead character and figured, let me do four dungeons in oblivion, you know, tell us about that too. Um, so play through four dungeons in oblivion, show us your best looted item and your be- and give us your best story. Uh, of course, if none of that tickles your fancy, come up with your own unique challenge in any elder scrolls game and let us know about that as well. You can email your story in character. We'll of course voice act it here. 
Uh, our email is elderscrollsofftherecord at gmail.com. So what do you think, guys? I like these challenges. Yeah, I'm excited fun. to be a part of them. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Liz? you think you'll be picking one of those up? I already know what mine's going to be anyway. Yeah. Well, don't to tell me. Empress? <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me. Save it for next week. Okay. All right, guys. Um, I've I've got uh, I've got stuff from Skyrim here. Uh, Liz and I were were uh, going crazy in PvP this week. Rob was playing some ESO. Mike was playing some ESO. Uh, we've got a lot of awesome stuff, and let's uh, let's kick our festivities off this week with Rob. But Mike never gets to go first. Well, he's gonna. <laughs> well, Mike's gonna have to suck it up again. Unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, Rob tried to try to get that last little drop out of that joke. Yeah, that was a good one. Ah, well, thank you for choosing me. I accept. Uh, this <laughs> this week, uh, well, it hasn't even really been a week since uh, since we last recorded. Mm-hmm. But uh, so well. it's it's been six days. Uh, but in those six days, I have taken my Nightblade, my Daggerfall Nightblade, Karis. Uh, not one, but two VR levels since uh, we last recorded. Um, she had just hit VR4 uh, as of Thursday night uh, last week, so we could go tonight. And now she is sitting halfway between VR6 and VR7. Dude, so. that is that is awesome. Congratulations for hitting those. At that level, you know, from 6 to 7, that's when it really starts to get tough to, to move up. So So congratulations. That's great. And, you know, to be to be perfectly honest, like the leveling, like it hasn't felt like a grind. But then again, I I don't do the air quotes grind. I I don't like doing that because uh, it, it's boring. It, it takes a lot of the fun out of the game. So what I do is I hit up every single quest I can find. Yep. I mean, just every single one I can do. Yep. Uh, so what if it takes me a little bit longer to get through the zone? You know, I mean, I got through Grotwood. I freaking hate Grotwood. And I, I got through it. I did every quest for it. So, um, and it got me to VR three. Um, but uh, but she uh, she's doing well. Karis is doing very well. Um, and and in this this week's gameplay, I actually did something I have not done since beta, and that is fall off a cliff. And I, and I don't mean like fall off a cliff and have like the fall damage. I mean like you fall and. Uh, like there is no ground to hit. It was uh, part of Oblivion. It's at the Moonhenge in Greenshade, and uh, for those that aren't familiar with that quest, you have to go through a portal. It ends up taking you into this plane of Oblivion where you're on these floating giant rocks that you can fall off of them. There is no ground underneath, and I managed to fall off of that. Ah, uh, I was very, uh, very disappointed in myself. Uh, and had she not been VR five, I probably would have deleted her. I'm having a hard time trying to remember exactly what what you're talking about here. You said it's in Moonhenge in Greenshade, right? Yeah, there's. A, I, I think it's in Greenshade. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it is. It's uh, it's called the Moonhenge. It's a quest that's like right on the border, I think, with Malbal Tor. Um, and like the 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 quest objective is you go and you have to rescue, I think, a bunch of the. Uh, um, Oridon Marines, or uh, you know, like the uh, the Queen's Marines, because uh, they get sucked into this uh, this Oblivion portal, uh, and you have to get out of there. 
Um, it's okay. a, it's a really fun quest. Uh, might have been and, one of those uh, one of those quests. I mean, I, I haven't been in Green Shade since probably last year, to be honest with you, and uh, so I, I really don't remember it at all. But um, yeah, you know, I, usually when you talk, I, I you know some things you I usually like remember on the spot, but this time I'm really drawing a blank. I, it was a cool quest though, right? You like you enjoy? Oh it? yeah. I mean, it is definitely one of the uh, one of the memorable quests because I remember the first time I did it is at the end. You're given the choice where you, uh, like, I think the captain just tells you to get out and get out. Yeah, like, like get out, go get to the chopper, get to the chopper, <laughs> Queens Marines, go. <laughs> and uh, you're, you're given the option uh, to, I guess, take the responsibility of destroying. I guess it's like, uh, like, a, like a stone. You know, like you have these quests where you have to destroy these these stones. Um, and then it's, I guess the area is supposed to blow up, you know, uh, it's not timed or anything, but, uh, you're given the choice of just leaving and the captain sacrifices herself, or you can take it and you tell the captain to get out. And of course, because you're the hero, you make it out as well. So everybody lives, everybody's happy. Oh, Disney man. ending. Spo- spoilers. Um, spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> oh, come on, man. The game's been out for 18 months. <laughs> <laughs> Some people aren't going to get it for another couple of weeks. All right, sorry. Uh, we got to go so, back to the entire spoiler thing again. Now we have now Rob. Now we have to rip through space and time and go back in time and prevent you from doing this by means of assassination. All right. So for all of you that haven't played this part, I want you to look at the end of this little device. <laughs> Robin <Right>. Black. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like during that quest, I managed to fall off of uh, off into the void, and it was uh. It was very embarrassing. Like I actually got up and thought, like, wow, I can't believe I did that. But oh well, say la vie. I lived. Um, Dude, that's and- how I tank. <laughs> that's how I tank. I run into a group and I line of sight everyone by throwing myself off a cliff. That is exactly how he tanks. <laughs> Confuses he everybody. <laughs> Total anarchy. <laughs> now, if you were Nerevar, you would actually hit somebody and take them off the cliff with you. Yeah, like but- a former emperor. Yeah. <laughs> that. That was freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was a good but, story you um, had. But but while I am uh, while I'm questing, I finally make it through uh, Malabal Tor, and I make it into Reaper's March last night. All right, so I actually was able to get through about one third of Reaper's March last night and got got to Rawkaw. So oh, now uh, you can sell stuff. <laughs> yeah, now now I can sell stuff. I was like, hey, I got I got a new hub I can go to with that character. But on my way, um, I, I came across an old friend of mine, and I don't mean friend as in a, uh, <laughs> uh, as in a player or a character. Well, I guess it'd be a character. Oh, I was just uh, going to ask if it was Clown Shoes slow. DK. No, no, it wasn't Clown Shoes DK. It was Clown Shoes Quest called Grim Situation. Uh-huh. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. No, ah, what the you gotta be freaking kidding me! Man, that's some bullshit! Ah, come on! Rage of the Week! <laughs> now I listen to this in the car, I actually go back like 30 seconds on my Stitcher app just so I can hear this again. <laughs> Wait, hold on. This, this is for me. Sorry, guys. Now, <laughs> ah, what the f- you gotta be freaking kidding me! Man, that's some bullshit! Ah, come on! 
There you go, future of Arwen. Have have a good day at work. <laughs> Rob, please tell us what what uh, what what aggravated you this this week on this thing. Okay, let's see. It is now May, and update five came in what November? I believe it was around November. I, I don't I don't remember exactly. <laughs> but the, the the reason I know this is because if you listen to one of our episodes back, I'm pretty sure it was in November. It was right after Patch 5 came. Patch 5 completely and utterly destroyed this quest called Grim Situation. Now, how the quest is supposed to work is you have this Khajiit character, Shaza. You talk to her, and you're supposed to lead her around Fort Grimwatch. I even brought this up last week. I brought this same quest up last week about broken quests. And you lead her around Fort Grimwatch, and she is supposed to purify these these little glowing rings on the ground. And when you do this, you have two waves of, like, ghost Khajiit that attack you. You kill them, move on to the next one, and then you're finally done. But there is one ring where you can kill the first wave of ghost Khajiits, but with the second wave... There is one that gets stuck in the wall that's that's right there. Now, I remembered that Zoss had addressed this back in November and had said that they had fixed it because eventually Shazaw would just stop casting and you would have to run away from the ring and then come back and she would start again. Well, their way of fixing it was they would make it so that she would never stop casting. But that's all well and good. But the problem is, is that... You have this one NPC that spawns in this wall, and you cannot progress the quest until you kill that NPC. So if it is stuck in the wall, you can't attack it. It can't attack you. So what you have to do is run away and then run back until that NPC that gets stuck in the wall is a dual wielder, because then it can eventually leap out and and get you. Hmm. Like, I got stuck on this back in... What was that? Did you figure this out all on your own, or did you go to a forum or something? Well, I figured a lot of this <laughs> stuff out on my own, but I, I remembered how I got through it back in November. And I figured, it's six months later. You know, they've had plenty of time to get this this taken care of. Yeah, Guess be good. what? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Oh. So I'm, I'm... When I saw this NPC... Yeah, I even took the glasses off. <laughs> That's when you know he's pissed. <laughs> when when I, I when kids see you do that and they like run away in fear. Daddy's gonna hurt us. <laughs> <laughs> but when when I came across this last night, this was last night, and I figured, oh okay, these two these two areas, she's off, finished, and uh, was able to you know cleanse them. I go to this trouble one. I'm like, all right, let's see what happens. And then sure enough, this NPC spawns in the wall. So I'm like, damn it! But I knew how to get past it. And the thing is, is that, am I angry because I couldn't get past it? No, I knew how to get past it. It's the fact that it has been six freaking months. Jess, Gina, Paul, Matt, anybody, if you listen to this podcast, for the love of Talos, (laughs) text the damn quest! (laughs) Holy crap! (laughs) 
Six months? Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. That's uh, that's that's bad, man. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, at least there's a way to get around it. But like making it so that Shazam will never stop casting that. Yeah, it sort of gives you a fix. You still have to run away and come back until you get that NPC that'll jump out of the wall eventually. But it shouldn't have to be that. Move the spawn location for that NPC. Yeah, I think um, I was listening to either Tales of Tamriel or Tiso Nation. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Tales. And they were they were going over like the patch notes. And, yeah, I think it was Tales. Uh, they were going over the patch notes last episode, and they were. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> you heard that, right? Like they were laughing over the fact that they they said that um, there was a quest that apparently had finally been fixed, and and they were laughing that it's it's appeared like three or four different times in the past, saying it's been fixed. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the Templar charge. It's whatever that was that oh, skill okay. is. Okay. Um, yeah. Where you get stuck in the animation, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we fixed it." Yeah, we fixed it again. Yeah. We fixed it again. Again. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we actually have a, a, a question from the chat room. It brings up an interesting point as to why I got so heated about this before. The question is, does the quest give a skill point or something? No, it does not give a skill point. However, it is part of the Reaper's March main quest line. Mm-hmm. And if you cannot complete this quest... You cannot progress the main storyline, which includes quests that give skill points at all, period. Like, you are stopped there if you cannot bypass this. Yeah, that's, um, that's what had aggravated me over the, uh, the, the quest in Oridon to, uh, to save the queen. Because uh, it, it, it was a big quest. Um, it was part of the main story of, of Oridon. And if you couldn't progress it, you were, you were just stuck there. And, um, you know, when I got stuck with that quest, it was back in beta uh, or at least very early portion of the game. So, you know, I figured, ah, they'll probably fix it before it launches or something. And, and sure enough, I had problems with it when the game launched, too. Yeah, um, I mean, like, so I mean, even then it, 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 it's like, OK, well, yeah, the game's kind of new. They're, they're trying to work through all the bugs. Now, game has been out for over a year. And that fix came six months ago. Yeah, it still hasn't still hasn't so, yeah. uh, been really working. Yeah, still hasn't been you know been fixed. And to me, I'm sorry that that's unacceptable. Um, but I was able to get past it, so it has a happy ending. But for those of you that okay. happen to come across this bug, that here's what you do: you run away from the area and come back, reset Shazaw until you get the dual-wielding NPC that spawns in the wall, stand in this little corner area, and eventually it will leap out, and you can kill it. All right. So, wow. So, yeah, that's... There yeah, you that's go. My, that's my rage of the week. Oh, I was pissed. Oh, I bet, man. I'd be, I'd be fuming, too. Uh, what else? You got anything else this week? Well, uh, be, because of the uh, challenge uh, from, from last week, uh, and I focused so much on ESO this week, uh, I mean, like, uh, we did uh, Dancing with Daggers last Friday. It was, uh, uh, it was a markless Dancing with Daggers. Um, he still owes us an Altmer, but yeah. I digress. <laughs> D- does he? he? He owes you an Altmer now? Well, he says, uh, he, he says that uh, he doesn't have to because he announced it. Right. But... Um, You're rescinding. <laughs> I, I still think we're gonna, like, we're, we're gonna hold him to it. Okay. <laughs> but uh, but Tim and Ray and I went and uh, did did our best in Craglorn. Uh, you know, I was VR four, um, and 
we got we got some pretty good progress. We went in, took out a couple delves, um, and uh, got some sky shards. And we ended up having this pretty epic fight. I can't remember what the name of the delve was, but it had this giant clockwork spider, and uh, that was a freaking awesome fight. I mean, just absolutely freaking awesome. Um, and uh, Tim was able to get some screenshots of it. So oh, uh, nice. It, and uh, so it was a lot of fun. You should post that on the at uh, ESOTR Guilds Twitter account. Um, definitely might have to do that. So, Tim, if you're listening, get on this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but what I wanted to do uh, is, you know, I wouldn't exactly say this is a unique build. I want to talk about the skills that my Nightblade uses. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't look online for builds. So a lot of this I came up with, you know, on my own. Um, what, what I'm using is a, rather than just one solid build, I have a bunch of different builds that I use for various situations, uh, that are some sort of combination of two hand dual wield and bow. Um, some are, you know, different depending on the, uh, the hot bar. Others are the same weapon type on both. Um, so it just really just de- kind of depends on how I want to play, but a lot of the abilities that I use naturally are going to be Wrecking Blow, Rapid Strikes, and Focus Aim. Duh, those are the big hard hitters for each of the uh, the, the weapon skills. But Wrecking Blow uh, is, is fantastic. Wrecking Blow is quite possibly the, 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 the greatest thing since Unrelenting Force. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I also like to use Evil Hunter. Uh, I talked about Evil Hunter a couple uh, weeks ago. Um, a, it's part of the Fighters Guild line, and it allows you to see Daedron, Undead, and Werewolves if you have taken the passive. Uh, but it also adds a 10% uh, weapon crit chance just by having it on your hotbar. Hmm. Uh, so as a Nightblade, mm-hmm, oh, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you want that. You want some of that. You want to roll your face in that deliciousness. Oh yeah, and it is freaking awesome. Plus, it looks like Mace Windu's lightsaber, um, so it's a uh, it, it's pretty uh, pretty pretty badass. Um, Anakin, he's too dangerous to keep alive. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I also like to use ambush, and I, I've seen a lot of people talk about uh, you want to use veiled strike. It's like I just don't like veiled strike. I mean, it's just me, you know. Uh, so what, I lose a 1,000 damage worth uh, of a hit. I'm still hitting for around sixteen to 17,000 from a sneak attack with Ambush. You know, I, I just like that as a gap closer. Uh, I also throw in uh, Summon Shade and its morph in there. Uh, refreshing Path. I actually use um, uh, Refreshing Path. Like, I actually like that because it's a pretty decent heal. I use Double Take for Speed, uh, Forward Momentum, uh, rather than Rally as part of the uh, momentum from the two-handed tree as a kind of a heal over time, plus it boosts your weapon damage, and it will remove a a snare. Uh, Sap Essence for increased damage, uh, weapon damage, and Crippling Grasp uh, just just to be a jerk. Uh, So those are some of the... uh, how is, in your opinion, how is forward momentum? Because I see the forward momentum slash rally thing going on there in the two-handed weapon tree, and I always think to myself, like, I'd rather use that spot for something active, you know? That's, I I really like it. Um, if I have two-hand on, on my bar uh, at all, in fact, I have some builds that I have a two-hand just for that. Like uh, the two-handed... Um, 
I guess, probably second hot bar is nothing but buffs. And it is a, you know, the two hand is the weapon, so I can put momentum on there. Both are good. Um, Rally is good because you can get a pretty decent heal, uh, but you have to wait for it. Um, and the reason I take forward momentum with my Nightblade is that you have to kill so quickly that if you, if you wait too long to, to that point where you let Rally build up to get that second heal, you're not killing fast enough. Okay, so it doesn't it doesn't work for your preferred playstyle on on quick kills, right? Okay, and what kind of? I mean, I know you run a DPS parser sometimes. I mean, did you did you clock the numbers on this? I mean, what kind of what kind of DPS numbers are you pulling? Uh, let's see. With uh, with dual wield, um, I'm sitting at around eleven thousand. Um, with two hand, because it's it's a little bit slower. Uh, the the numbers I'm getting are higher from my combat cloud, but the DPS is coming out to be about nine thousand. Oh. Uh, so I'm, I'm still working out some of the uh, uh, the details to you know max out my DPS. I'm using Flawless Dawnbreaker on all of my uh, uh, my primary damage dealing uh, sets, but I uh, I use Soul Shred I think on the other one just because, and it's a pretty decent heal. Um, and that boosts my damage as well. How about uh, your gear? What are you doing for gear? Do you know? Yeah, I am using uh, five medium, two heavy. Um, they are all uh-huh. traded with divines. Um, five hunting's rage and two to three ashen grip, uh, depending on whether it's uh, you know two handed weapon or dual wield. Yeah. Um, and and I also use the warrior stone. All of this has given me some absolute sick uh, weapon damage with uh, with my night blade. Cool, uh, man. Like almost everything is is one shotable. Um, wow! Like elite bosses, you know, like trolls and uh, gargoyles. Obviously, they're not one shotable, but one hit will take them down to about forty percent health. It's you know, you know what I'm surprised at is Mike is so quiet over there. He plays a um, he plays a uh, uh, a nightblade, and and you've got nothing to say about about this build. I mean. Uh, what do you think about some of this? I'm going back and looking through his skills as he's talking here to to see because it's very different from uh, the way I play. Yeah, um, there maybe he is. because my character is much more sneaky than uh, what Rob's got set up here. Uh, so I'm going through and just looking at what he's got. Uh, yeah, because on my bow side, I use the shadow cloak from uh, the shadow ability there. Okay, and. Uh, uh, I have uh, a teleport strike that I have morphed to the Lotus Fan version. Uh, and sometimes, depending on if it's a boss fight that we're doing, I'll put Mark Target. Um, and it's morphed the Reaper's Mark onto my uh, my bar. Um, on my two-hand uh, or dual-wield uh, weapon, I have the Soul Shred as my ultimate. Uh, morphed to, I think it is the Soul Tether. Um, which uh, gives us the high damage and uh, um, causes uh, a siphon magic and health from uh, nearby enemies. Right, I, mean, uh, I have strife, Mike. Shallow sweat. Yeah. Uh, yes. I'm, uh, I'm just, I'm kind of, I'm just sort of wondering, like uh, from from what Rob was saying, what what do you, how do you feel about? Do you have any impressions about how how this is? I mean, are you interested in, in doing that? This is more like. Um, uh, a rush in, get in your face type of fighting uh, build that Rob has here, 
so it's 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 lacking a lot of the 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 hiding and striking from the shadows type of thing. So I thought I think it's really cool. It's a definitely a different way to play um, the Nightblade. Yeah, yeah. I'd it, like uh, to. It, it definitely makes uh, makes the character um, kind of like Wolverine. Like yeah, uh, I mean, with this, the only one we have <laughs> you know cool. in common is the Summon Shade um, and the Evil Hunter. Everything else is much different for our two types of playstyle. I'd like to see these two these two Nightblade builds, yours and and Rob's. In um, you know, in in a battle in Cyrodiil with Liz and I one of these days, just so I could see like how the different play styles are, and because it's still a night play, but they play completely different. Like I'd love to see that. Yeah, Rob's awesome. got to get it up to VR fourteen, so it's an even fight, though. Hey, I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> but, all right, uh, you got anything else there, Rob? Nope, that's all I got. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. That's your story, and you're sticking to it. Uh, well, um, I did uh, I did quite a bit actually in Skyrim this week, and uh, Liz and I were were PvPing um, uh, a bunch of nights this week as well. But we'll get into that with with Liz's gameplay uh, first up. If you've listened to uh, to Classic Elder Scrolls, the latest episode, um, you'll notice that we were talking about uh, the Wolf Queen. Uh, those quests in Skyrim come from um, the Solitude area. Uh, specifically the man who cried wolf and the wolf queen awakened. Well, if you saw that episode, you noticed that I wasn't able to finish the quest, but this week I actually got a chance to sit down and finish the quest. So, um, I had to fully level up and leave the area before getting the courier to bring me the letter to talk to the (laughs) NPC to start the quest. (laughs) Um, so thanks to all of you who sent me info on that and I was able to do it and, uh, and I got it done, so I was happy. Um, and and I managed to do it actually by by blacksmithing. That's how I leveled up. I just just spammed. Oh, it's so iron daggers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That I know. I set that self down. I set I a couple of episodes ago. I said, you know, I really just need to stop, you know, being a whiner and just do it. And I did. I, I managed to get my blacksmithing skill up to like fifty plus. So. Nice. Yeah, I made I made a lot of. Wow! Him. Finally. Yeah. You get it up to sixty, and you actually be able to do some yeah. uh, good on uh, Dawnbreaker there. Yeah, on my way actually. I I I got it up to fifty plus, but um, I did actually get it to uh, to sixty, so I could um turn Dawnbreaker into an exquisite sword. Yeah. Yeah. Was it as painful as you thought it was going to be? <clears throat> yes. Because oh, <laughs> I hate crafting. Um, actually, only in uh, Elder Scrolls Online is really the only crafting I've actually enjoyed in a game. Um, believe it or not. Believe it or not. So, uh, But, uh, yeah, uh, lots of daggers I made. I made a ton of them. That is the... If you're looking... You know, Liz, you're 100% right when you told me if you're looking to get crafting leveled in Skyrim, just make daggers. I bought a ton of iron bars or leather, farmed all this stuff, too. I just sat down. I just started spamming iron daggers, just making those. And then, um, I since I had a lot of gold on me, once I started getting toward the end, um, I actually used one of the um, um, one of the common workarounds or one of the common exploits, which is to log out and then log back in, and then the store refreshes itself with. <laughs> With iron bars, ore, and leather. So that's what I was doing. So I, I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. I found that online in a message board. And Oh, uh, you cheater! 
It's uh, <laughs> uh well, it's because you were you were looking up the code to give yourself more iron bars, weren't weren't you? No, no, I wanted to. Uh-huh. I wanted to see like uh-huh. I was literally typing in, um, uh-huh. like uh, like uh, farming like iron bar locations or um, iron ore locations is what I was looking for, and I found someone had mentioned this in a comment. I was like, okay, that's cool. So I actually you know, tried you that. Should have done it. You should have gone up to that mine north of uh, White Run, uh, where the bandits are, and they're like skinning the the mammoths. Yeah, I was it looking for that. I couldn't find it. Transmute or spell? I couldn't find it. It's, it's um, north of White like, Run. You said. Yeah. Yeah. I. It's. It's obviously not my game. It's me. But I, I don't know why. I'm just being a spaz. But once you get that there, you can. Uh, turn all of your iron ore into gold or silver ore and then gold ore and jewelry actually is much faster than iron daggers. Well, I do have the transmute spell. Oh, so you're all set then. Yeah. Okay, and maybe you can level up your character with that because you're using a spell, so whatever that's under. Uh alteration. Ah. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, I I thought maybe you know what I must have misunderstood what you're what you're pointing me to. I thought you were saying there's a cave there that has a lot of iron ore in it. Well, it does have a lot of iron ore in it, too. But it also has that spell. All right, so either way I go on this, I'm screwed. <laughs> but you've already got the spell, so you're set. Yeah, you know, exactly. you got to make all of your iron ore into gold, silver and then gold, and then make necklaces. Well, let me let me ask you guys a question. Um, you know, Liz brings up a good point. She said, I cheated. You know, <laughs> is that... It, do you guys think that's a that I, I humbly put myself above the to the court here? Did I cheat or was that is that an acceptable exploit? Because obviously, how many times did you do it? Oh, as many times as I could. I don't know. I mean, whatever. You, <laughs> so you logged in, logged out, logged in, logged out. <laughs> yeah, like probably like six or seven times. I think uh, Liz gets to to give the crown over. You think so? <laughs> no, he he hasn't cheated enough. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have a wand named after his uh, exploits. I'm, I'm willing. I'm willing to go down as saying that I, I cheated. If that, if if you guys think I cheated, I then I'll, I'll own up to it. Um, I guess I cheated. It's an exploit. <laughs> I, I'll go with exploit. Mm. All right, I feel a little less bad about myself then. But and anyway, that, that, that's what I did. So I. <laughs> I'm, I'll tell you this. I definitely did this knowing this is not how the developers intended for me to play the game. So, <laughs> I think the Iron Dagger thing there was uh, taken out in one of the unofficial Elder Scrolls patches. Uh, okay. So if you have that, then you can't even do that. What I do is just like wait two or three days. Like I'll literally do the wait on the game. Like the pause, wait. And yeah. And, and go for that. Yeah. If I really want something like that. That's really not so bad, though. Not not as bad as what I did. <laughs> yeah, you're bad. Yeah. You're, you're playing the game as intended. I'm, I'm just... You heard it here, folks. He that, said it. I I'm did. I'm playing the game as intended. I did. I said it because you're right. <laughs> that is it. Um, so so that's that was Skyrim for me for, for, uh, for my Varwin character. However, I do have this little footnote. I also... After doing the Wolf Queen quest, and I'm really, really, really happy I did this because this is the first time I've ever done this. All right, I helped out five people in solitude. I was able to purchase Proud Spire Manor. I totally decorated it completely and became Thane of Hafingar, which is the solitude area. So I'm totally, totally happy. I'm really stoked that that I, I was able to get all of that done. <laughs> 
And it only cost, money it only cost you him 50,000 daggers. <laughs> oh, what's that? What's that, Mike? It only cost you 50,000 daggers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, no, I, I got the, I got the money legitimately, Liz. <laughs> Well, from those iron daggers that you crafted, sure. Uh-huh. It didn't actually, believe it or not, it didn't yield as much money as you think. Mm-hmm. A lot of those iron daggers were like, I don't know how much they were per piece, but I, I only got like a couple of thousand out of that. Did you did you enchant them at all? No. No, I didn't have time. I didn't Why care do you enough. Do things wrong. I didn't care enough. I didn't care enough. I was like, whatever. <laughs> Take it. You know, the, the girl outside the. Uh, Outside White Run's uh, little uh, crafting shop, there she was like, "Oh, we got plenty of stuff inside. You should go take a look." I'm like, "Okay, we're going." You know, this guy standing there was like, "Hey, we got lots of stuff here." I'm like, "How about some daggers?" Dump. He's <laughs> 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 like, "Ah, oh, well, yeah, I, might, I don't know if we need all them daggers." <laughs> all right. Anyway, so um, I finally corrected Janessa's storyline too. Um, I wanted her to do the Dawn Guard quest, right? Uh, well, she had to become a vampire-killing vampire in order to fulfill one of the previous um, uh, challenges I put down. So, turns out, when she did, when when that happened, I was unable to really complete any advance the uh, Dawn Guard quest chain further because I I attacked Harkin, which put me out of their favor. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they started attacking me, of course, and, um, it put me out of their favor. And then becoming a vampire, uh, becoming a vampire lord, you can't progress your storyline with the Dawn Guard. So I, I rolled my save back, and instead of becoming a vampire lord, I remained a vampire, and I refused Harkin's gift, and I went back to the Dawn Guard. I did one or two extra quests there until, uh, Isron was like, hold on, buddy. You've got yourself one of them vampire blood dingies I don't like so much. <laughs> <laughs> By shining a light on me, this is how he sees us. So I was like, okay. Uh, so <laughs> he shows me how to how to rid myself of vampirism, which, if you remember in Oblivion, um, ridding yourself of vampirism in Oblivion <laughs> is basically like finding um, the the uh, the fountain of youth. Um, it's somewhere in the world, uh, but, uh, no one really knows where it is. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, trying to, trying to do this in Skyrim is a heck of a lot easier. Basically, you see some old decrepit dude who's like, I can help you, there's no problem there, just scrub your blood up here and get rid of that, okay, no longer a vampire after I said a few words when the song's coming up. It's, uh, <laughs> basically how that works in like Skyrim. That? What's that? Like that? Just like that? Yeah. Meet me outside over here in this little circle tucked away in the woods when the sun comes up. And then I'll steal all your gold and say a bunch of words and poof, you're no longer a vampire. <laughs> okay. So that worked make out. Make me some breakfast. <laughs> now you can make me some eggs. <laughs> uh, so so that was that was cool. It was it was nice and easy, and then I was able to to go ahead. So I, I got cured of vampirism. I'm no full member of the Dawn Guard with Serana in tow and major badassery with my crossbow. Uh, so now what I need to do is find a moth priest, and we'll go on from there, I suppose. So, uh, so that's it. That's what I've done in, in Skyrim this, this week. 
which I'm uh, totally excited about. Um, now, Mike, I know you've, you've played some ESO this week, but you've also got a, a bit of a book report for us, do you not? Yes, I do. All right, well, why don't you tell us, uh, why don't you tell us first about what you did in, in ESO? Scroll down, scroll down, scroll down. So uh, since I hit VR14 on my uh, AD uh, Bosmer last week, I decided to go back to the EP and start playing Throngar, my Nord Templar, completing the Glenmore questline, and I'm about halfway through the Stormhaven, and I've gone from VR2 to VR3, uh, especially since uh, Nerevar uh, is very mad with me for uh, supporting Liz efforts uh on the ad side since uh, uh, he says well, i should be supporting ep as the no, KGN representative no, no. to the ebonheart pack no. <laughs> i'm gonna tell you something no, no. <laughs> so uh so that's what i've been doing uh you know working on him for a while uh, i've been he's focused on sword and board um for one skill line and resto staff for the other bar and uh i unlocked the uh spear shard uh, which allows you to throw that spear into the circle and hit a lot of people. Wait, hold on. You're you're pursuing the sword and shield skill line and the resto staff skill line at the same time. Yes, that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty interesting. How are you allocating your your um, your attribute points there? Most of it is going into magicka and uh, health, uh, and then I uh, glyph out everything for uh, stamina and health. Uh, respectively. That's interesting. All right. Uh, how do you like it so far? Uh, it's worked really well. Uh, it. I don't rely heavily on um, the uh, the skills themselves. So uh, I'll start with like a spear shard and then uh, the focus charge to get into battle, and then I'll use the shield bash. But then I'll start. I'll switch over to heavy attacks as they're all stunned. So in PVE, it's worked really, really well. Uh, because you can, you know, stun so many of your enemies and just pick them off one at a time. Okay. Uh, and then, you know, sometimes if I have, like, only one guy or two guys that I have to, I'll just, you know, switch over to the healing staff and, you know, use the heavy attack. And um, the uh, the first one there, the piercing javelin or piercing spear attack yeah, to, yeah. Uh, you know, go in and hit them multiple times. H- how, much, how much stamina are you getting... Do you know how much stamina you're getting on those... Um, on the heavy attacks? Uh, no, on your armor. Like, how much stamina are you getting per piece of armor, do you think? Um, so, it's not as much as I would like because I use, like, the chest piece and the the greaves for health. Um, yeah. You know, the others are, what, 50%. Yeah, and those pieces um, give you more... Uh, give you the full... Yeah, in bonus. the end, he's about nineteen thousand in health, uh, and then I think seventeen thousand in magicka and eight thousand in um, uh, the stamina. Okay. So you know he's got enough to do the shield bash and uh, you know knock out three guys and still have enough to you know do a couple other roll dodges if need be. Uh, but it's not a ton of uh, stamina that I have in the end. Yeah. Are you looking to to take it as a, a tanking build? Um, if need be, but really a healing build. Okay, so like a healing off tank sort yeah. of. So yeah. So right. that way, you know, if, you know, I want to start running dungeons for the EP. I can be the healer in the group, and uh, you know, if need be, to be a tank. I kind of feel like uh, I'm giving someone. you the third degree on this, and I, I don't mean to come off that way. I just I'm like super well, interested. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> no, you know, I'm. It's I haven't played him in a long time, so. 
you know, I probably have a lot more to learn on how to play him and, you know, open up a lot more skill lines. Because uh, right now, he, you know, a lot of it was that he was going to be my blacksmith and my uh, provisioner. So a lot, he's maxed out on both of those skill lines. So a lot of his points are locked up into those. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm still, I'm just getting to the point, you know, now at VR3 where I'm starting to unlock enough of the uh, other, like, warrior skill lines needed to actually do something with him uh, and not feel like, you know, I'm overly squishy. Yeah. I hear you. full heavy armor. I mean, he was the character I was running with when we did the the run around uh, Stonefalls. I don't remember that, but I don't remember many things. (laughs) Oh, oh, I do remember that. (laughs) But we didn't really fight that much, you know. With you know and that kind of stuff, so you yeah. know we did. I didn't get to really parade him around too much. All right, okay. So uh, all right. So b- before I rudely interrupted, I, I apologize. Please <laughs> continue. Uh, the other one that I've been working on is uh, my DC character, because um, you know I've got two VR level characters, one in silver, one in gold, and the DC character I've started. Um, so he's gone from level twelve to level fifteen. Uh, he's a Sork uh, and. I finally got the ultimate unlocked. Uh, it's affectionately dubbed the Electric Jazz Hands by Hobbit, <laughs> uh, also known as Overload for those that actually know what they're talking about. Uh, jazz Hands. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I play him very similar because he's a staff wielder. So there's a lot of heavy attacks and then light attacks with the yeah. staff. And so I've got, you know, and the Electric Jazz Hands, it is not a one-time <laughs> shot deal. It slowly ticks backwards on your ultimate. So if I have like nine hundred percent ultimate. You know, I can use that for forever. I have and a so, um, I have a heavy armor wearing dual wielding sork on the DC, and I use that as well. And it's just it's just the greatest thing ever. I I, I love that ultimate so much. Yeah, because you can turn it on, zap a couple people, and then turn it off, and still have like four or five hundred percent. So if you need to turn it back on, you can. Yeah, it's cool stuff. Uh, so he has a frost staff. I use Mage's Fury, Lightning Form, and Lightning Splash from the Stormcalling line, and Destructive Touch from the Destruction Staff. Pretty much, you know, if I got three guys, I'll use the Lightning Splash to hit all three of them with an AoE. Yeah. Use, uh, you know, a um, Destructive Touch and some uh, heavy attacks. By the time they get to me, you know, I'm in Lightning Form, and they're taking damage from just being around me. Uh, and then I just kite them around, you know, shooting with uh, some light attacks and Mage's Fury. Hope that I don't die because he's very squishy. He's all light armor. And, uh, you know, at that level, you level so fast that I can't keep him in gear. So Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you may want, I mean, if you're in, if in melee range, as often as it sounds like you are, you may want to switch to, you know, a couple of pieces of the, uh, the heavy armor just to get some survivability in there. Well, I haven't really run into anything that's been so bad that I'm worried. So I'm not. You know, as we get up higher and the, you know, these, um, the Mage's Fury and the Lightning Form aren't as powerful, yeah. we'll see what happens. But um, It's been working so far. Yeah, it's been working so far. I mean, it's a low-level character. He doesn't have a ton of points. But uh, with the, um, the champion system, though, it, he's much more powerful than any of my other characters have been at that level. So Okay. So, um, what else? What else is going on here? I see you, uh, you PvP'd with Liz on Tuesday night. Yep, and, uh, you know, I don't know if Liz is going to talk about it. She's been PvPing so much, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it, it really goes to show what a good leader uh, can do for a group. We were uh, pretty much being the AP fodder farm uh, 
that night, and uh, this ah, one yes. guy came in, and Liz is like, we're going to make him leader. And uh, we put him as leader, and all of a sudden we took the, uh, the, the castle and cut off all kinds of resources, and it was like, wow, you know, we spent an hour being fodder for the, uh, the EP, and now we're actually doing something, because this guy's taking charge and yeah, that Tell was that Deo Nada guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, with that group, we we didn't have enough people show up. Yeah, thanks, listeners that are part of our guild and didn't show up. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thanks Your for the queen is that, Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but thank thank you for those that did show. Um, but we had to merge with another group because you know I didn't want to wait around an hour for people to be like, oh, I'm coming in soon. I swear. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, that's just boring for all of us at that point. So we merged with another group, and they didn't really have good leadership at all. Uh, There's this group of EP. This was at the prime time for EP. group of them in halfway between one keep and another found this tent to hide in by a cave. And they, they, it was right outside of our keep, too, so we could just keep running back and going at them and then dying instantly. N- nobody thought to say, hey, we should do something else. Yeah, set up siege and just bombard them from a distance. Yeah, well, (laughs) the original leader said, "I'm finished with this. I'm going to go somewhere else and do something." Does anybody want lead? Nobody wants lead. Anybody want lead? Nobody wants lead. I said, "You know what? I'll take it. Just get out of (laughs) here. Just go. Just go. Just go." And then if somebody comes online that I I have seen before, I'll I'll you know I'll hand them lead. Luckily, it was that Dale not a guy. Um, but yeah, they were hiding in a in a tent. And just coming out and slaughtering us, acting like nobody's there, wow. you know. And people kept go like kept dying and going back to that area. Yeah, because they get butt hurt and they're trying to you know kill kill the guys that killed them. You got to understand that you know not you're you're not you're not the not everyone out there is Chuck Norris. Okay, there is someone out there who can kill you. They can kick your butt in in um, in Elder Scrolls Online. Okay, and you know you got to understand that, that you're not the even though you think you're a badass, you're just there's someone out there who's going to kill you. <laughs> well, there's also, yeah. there's a point to be made, like Mike was saying, is that there is a, there's a good leadership thing. Now, I, I stepped in. Nobody knew who I was. I think the guy before was in some kind of guild that everybody knows. Apparently, like, there are some miraculous guild things. Even, yeah. <laughs> you know how everybody knows, well, we're in this guild. Well, I've never heard of you. I don't care. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, 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 you know, when you come up against those guys, you just understand you're overwhelmed and go away do something else that that they're not expecting you to do that's that's how course, this if you works say anything about it they'll go well what's wrong with just farming ap because it's not fun for everybody else jackasses <laughs> yeah so i t- when i took lead for those few seconds and i said it's only temporary until you know we have somebody that wants to do it i don't care um but at that point i said you know what you know, I'll give you direction because the guy before wasn't giving direction. So I said, you know what? Uh, one last time, we're all going to go in together and we're all just going to siege up at that one tent and then we're all going to you know, blast it. Theoretically, that would have worked very well. At least we would have gotten a lot of kills all at once. Mm. Nobody wanted to listen to me because I wasn't part of that guild. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And that, Luckily, that was a minute later. Know. That other guy came on. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it was like, you know, we're rolling, rolling, rolling. And my things tinging off enemies killed, enemies killed, enemies killed. I'm like. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> Lunaratech in the chat room says, Liz, I love you. What? <laughs> uh, so what else you got, Mike? That's been it for my weekend game. Uh, you know, nothing overly crazy, you know, just 
playing some new characters or an old character that's, you know, been sleeping in the shadows for a while. All right. Well, tell us about The Elder Scrolls and Theology Past the Sky's Rim by Joshua Wise. How was this? Yes. Uh, it, Elder Scrolls, is a world that surpasses most fantasy worlds and rivals the Olympian heights of the mythology of Middle-earth. It's a quote from the opening of the book. Uh, Past the Sky's Rim, The Elder Scrolls and Theology, edited by Joshua Wise, is a recent addition to the real-world books uh, concerning The Elder Scrolls. It centers around aspects of the Elder Scrolls and religion and morality. Uh, let's take a look at the table of contents first. So uh, the first essay is by Joshua Gonerman, uh, entitled Trinity and the Tribunal. So it talks about the Trinity of the Christian and Catholic Church and how it can be compared to the Tribunal of Morrowind. The second essay is by Matthew Franks as a lay dying witness and death in Morrowind. Then uh, we have Joshua Wise making gods, the nature and media of divinity in apothesis and theosis, and ontological framework, a new technological vocabulary for doctrine. Uh, contributor Jacob uh, Torbeck, death and life after, uh, eschatology and the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. Uh, Michael Zegler, uh, dividing by zero, atheism and the apologia. And the Heart of the World, How Creation Stories Define a Relationship with the Divine. And Mark Hayes, The Procedural Theology in the Elder Scrolls. Uh, this is uh, the list of the essays. We can tell that this is not summer reading at the beach kind of book. Uh, it's broaches ser very serious topics. Uh, faith, divinity, sociology, atheism, apologists, death in the afterlife. All cloached in aspects of the Elder Scrolls. So it was a very, very interesting read. Because it looks at... Christian doctrine, um, aspects of the Western world, and how uh, they can look at it through the eyes of what is being used in the Elder Scrolls. Some of the essays, particularly those by Michael Ziegler, uh, were very thought-provoking and did a great job of balancing subject matter uh, with the particulars of the game world. Of particular interest was the discussion on the Godhead leading to Anu and Padme, which then led to Akatosh and Lorcan and how it is very much like the movie Inception for those that have seen it, a dream within a dream, uh, and that uh, if we look at our own world, that God created man, who was then in Genesis in turn a sub-creator through the act of naming all of the plants and animals on the world. Uh, so definitely, you know, was really cool as to how you can look at uh, the breakdown of, you know, religion uh, through the game. Uh, the work of Mark Matthew Franks, as I lay dying, uh, witness in death in Morrowind, talks of the afterlife and how death in the Elder Scrolls is viewed in a solo play game, and death of the character fails in the monastic role of the story, uh, thus reloading the game. The only meaningful death in the game is the death of the protagonist at the player's hands. So, unlike Christian doctrine, where you know the death of Christ is the important thing. Uh, it is not so much that, because if you don't fulfill your role, you'll never become, you know, the savior. But it's more important that you've killed Dagother, Alduin, Harkon, Merak, etc. Um, so, you guys have any questions? Otherwise, I'm going to read a page out of the book. Uh, questions? No, no, we uh, okay. we don't have we don't have any questions. Uh, I don't have any questions so far. Uh, <clears throat> there, I gotta tell. I mean, there, there's a lot of words getting spit out here that I, I just, 
I don't know. I don't understand. I, I don't have any um, uh, basis of, of I, I'm lost, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I I am lost. Um, I guess overall, Mike, I mean, the, the book in itself, I mean, what's what's the aim of the book here? Is it just a, a collection of, of, of theories about theology? So the uh, the overall aim of the book uh, is to give the new media of um, video games, which is a relatively new media, uh, a place in teaching. So it allows these people to look at the Elder Scrolls being, you know, the one here um, as a way of introducing topics of philosophy, theology to a classroom uh, setting because sitting here and reading something like this is, is kind of boring but if you can engage people in a um, conversation or engage them in a, uh, a video game the way you know you spend hundreds of hours playing Skyrim or Oblivion or Morrowind uh, it gives you a um, a sense of you know of learning without learning Right, right, yeah. Basically, taking taking topics that are, um, you know, brand new and and uh, you know ideas that are that are alien to to some people and relating it to something that they know very well. In this case, you know, Elder Scrolls and and the games. Yeah. So if we look at like the the Dwemer, for instance, you know, the Dwemer are the atheists, and you know they the one essay uh, dividing by zero talks about how in the end the the nature of the Dwemer. Uh, and their reliance on science and technology and their use of it to create a new god was their undoing. And so, you know, they're looking at it as can we have a talk about modern atheism uh, and these four people they call the four horsemen uh, and they list them out as modern atheists and um, anti-religion religious people and, uh, you know, how is it that we can look at the Dwemer and superimpose modern day issues on them um, and you know have a learning thing from it okay all right overall um, the the score of the book here in in your opinion uh, what what do you think so I really enjoyed the book it there's a couple of essays that are very very difficult it's definitely not a book for everyone uh, some people will look at this book and be like, there's way too much Christian or Catholic dogma in here for me to deal with. Uh, other people will be like, wow, that was a really fascinating uh, issue there that they talked about that I never thought of. Um, you know, so I would say probably a seven out of, um, 10. Out of 10. Okay. Mainly because it is a very academic book. Uh, it's, you know, meant to broach topics and fuel discussion uh, and they're really hoping that it can be something used in classrooms, um, really to talk about theology and philosophy and things of that nature. And it's very Western oriented. So they, they don't really talk about uh, other religions other than Christianity in depth. I can, under, I, I can understand that if, if they're coming from a, a, um, a Christian perspective. But I, I sort of see that as uh, if it's going to if they're looking to make it an academic book covered yep. it uh, that's a major uh that's a major downfall well it depends on where they're going to teach it though i mean if it's going to be used in you know a seminary system where you know you're going to have to have theology classes you know to become a priest then 
it is a way to also you know try and connect with younger generations to become priests. Yeah. Um, you know, so versus if it's being used at a liberal arts school that wants to discuss religion and um, video games, you know, as a way of broaching that, then they probably should have added more of Eastern and uh, the the Jewish community and the uh, Islamic community to their points of view in the book. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but it's very Christian uh, centric uh, in its nature. But I found it, you know, as uh, I had a philosophy minor in school that uh, some of the aspects were really, really cool to look at. All right. Um, Mike, you said you wanted a, you had an excerpt from the book you wanted to read for us. Yeah, let's, uh, I think we can make some time for that. That sounds fun. All right. Uh, from, uh, the heart of the world, um, viewing the elder scrolls creation story through the obscure text. So these are texts like Michael Kirkbride texts, um, instead of like in game books. Uh, the entire tenor of the world. Rather than being an endless story of conflict, violence, and tension, the world of Nern exists so that we might learn to love, becoming mothers and fathers, being responsible, and making great sacrifices with no guarantee of success. For those willing to break the fourth wall, the Elder Scrolls series becomes the dream that we are playing, we as players enter so that we might dream our own dreams. It may be going too far to suggest the developers at Bethesda Game Studios created the Elder Scrolls to inspire others to dream new worlds, new stories. But as a writer of fantasy and science fiction, I can imagine no greater joy than someone reading my work and being inspired to create something of their own, to dream a new dream. As the love letter says, this is the love of God. So that's out of the heart of the world. The concept of the sub-creation based on somebody creating something from that. So Padme to Lorcan to the creation of the Mundus is the entire chapter's about. All right. Um, interesting thoughts there, saying that, uh, you know, it probably wasn't Bethesda's idea to to inspire a generation of, of people to create, but, um, you know, that being said, you know, as, as, a, as an author of many different subjects, uh, fantastical in nature, it's... No, there is no greater, compliment, Yeah, there's no greater reward and compliment to be inspired by, by your own creative writing. Um, all right, so, Mike, thank you. I, I seriously appreciate that. And that was um, Past the Sky's Rim, The Elder Scrolls and Theology, edited by Joshua Wise. Um, Liz, I believe, uh, there, there were some people in Nern that you've sent to their creator, correct? This week? Uh, a few. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about, uh, about your, your, uh, dispensing of religion in, in Cyrodiil? <laughs> oh, they went to meet their maker. Um, no. <laughs> I'm a healer. I'm not a fighter. No. Well, that's why I you did... got all those revenge kills. <laughs> Well, I, you know what? I don't have too many because I, I'm a healer. Now, my challenge this week, it was my own, always. Um, I just wanted to be in the top 50 on the leaderboards. I got it to like 43. Congratulations. So next week, I'm going to shoot till top 30 because I'm realistic. Wow. Nice. <laughs> Congratulations. That's yeah. awesome. But I also, now I'm stretching. <laughs> I also, I grew a pair of balls of my own just so I could PVP them off. Oh, that's what I did. <laughs> That's great. There's an entire sentence there I should, you know, probably look to cut out. Thank you. <laughs> what? Nothing wrong? No. No, no. 
<laughs> so what, what I did, I sat down and I thought about my role in PvP. Thank God the FCC doesn't ma- monitor p- uh, podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making baby steps in PvP, albeit a giant baby, <laughs> but baby steps. So I, I realized that, you know, as long as I'm a Templar, I'm specced for healing. I'm not going to kill anybody. <laughs> this is just not going to happen. Right. I'll never go toe-to-toe with anyone. So next logical step is not only to heal, but to stay along alive to res people. That's what I can do. I mean, I may not be, you know, the greatest on the battlefield or anything, but by God, I will make sure that if people die, they're resed and, you know, and, cleansed. And, and you do that. it very well. Oh. You do it very well. The uh, Liz had four guys chasing her <laughs> down. Okay, trying to kill her the other night. And you know what she did? Survived. <laughs> ran away, survived, and, and rezzed people after they gave up on her. <laughs> oh, it was so awesome. Like, I was so glad that you guys, you and uh, Dr. Bashir, Barrier, I can't pronounce Barrier. Well, who's in the yeah. chat room, by the way? Shout it, out to Hi. Um, yeah, he was there with, with the tent ambush thing. I mean, it was that tent ambush actually was a brilliant tactic, but... It got annoying when no one would, you know, try to work to eat, at least try to fight them. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. go in one by one. Oh, I can just run back to where we were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like taking elk and just charging, charging them in one by one into a lion's mouth. <laughs> and, you know, it, it doesn't even work. Like, the group leader could say, hey, let's all meet at this keep. We're all resing anyway. So let's meet outside and go together as a group. No, people want to show off how fast they are and just keep on going. They don't come back. They don't stop. Anyway. Anyway. So, yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> with, I was very excited that you guys got to see that because I had just put that build together that day where I, I just have I have my main heal, a purge. Mage light, one to one, the Templar Jesus beam, just so I could do some damage, you know, and not have to, whatever. And then retreating maneuvers. And by God, that's what I do. Sneak, purge, heal, break, heal again, retreat, hide. Boom. Uh, Rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. I made up a little song about it, but in the shower, I was like, sneak, purge, break, heal, retreat. (laughs) 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 Literally thinking about this. I I had a melody or anything. But okay. So I play on Hatteras, right? Yep. Because you told me to. <laughs> Actually, Mike told me to. Um, so, it's a great yeah, campaign. I go there. This is your fault. I go there every night about seven my time is when the entire EP comes along to Emperor Trade. They do this. So this is the time you want to be there if you enjoy the fighting amongst the loudmouths in zone chat oh. and watching all your work go to waste and if you want to crash out of the game. Yeah. What fun it is to watch people <laughs> on the same side blame each other for losing a keep. Yes, not getting along at all whatsoever. What joy I'm <laughs> joining a group that belittles and ignores pugs, yes. even though they call out for help. That's the way to win, guys. Just yell at each other and be as obnoxious and, and, and defaming as humanly possible to, to your teammates. Do it! Do it, AD! You are the best at it. <laughs> What ecstasy I feel when a group continues to run individually into a known area to be a trap as EP Zergs are farming. Seriously. (laughs) 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 Ah, yes, yes, yes. Oh, 
And did you know that there are only like three people in the entire campaign that are even allowed to run scrolls? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Smart yeah. in the chat room saying, I feel like they're being sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> Go with your gut feeling there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> run with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of running, yeah. There are only three people in the campaign. You have to be a scroll runner. Okay. So, scroll running. Okay. The other night, you guys were there. Some of you were there. Um, after that big EP farm session that they have every single night at the same time, some people decided they wanted to go get a scroll. Scroll, so they took it. But instead of taking it where to, where they should have, these ass clowns decide, gee, even though we had a good amount of people helping us out, we're gonna head toward the EP territory and mock them. Uh, we're gonna, you know, <laughs> we're gonna try to get them to come to us, and we'll farm them. It'll be fun. How freaking selfish is that? You've got everybody on AD. Picking up this quest, you know, ready, helping you uh, storm that keep that the, the scroll was in, and then you run away like a jackass. And then, and then, what happened was they got slaughtered. <laughs> I think oh. what Liz is trying to say to the Aldmeri <laughs> Dominion is, you guys need to work like a team a lot better than you have been. <laughs> have you ever heard of the tortoise and the pain in the ass PvP? Well, you see. <laughs> The tortoise, <laughs> a pain in the ass PvP that everybody hates, kept running out in front of the tortoise and taunting her. But right at the end, and I'm sure you remember what happened, the tortoise bit clean through the smug PvPer's calf Jesus muscles, Liz. dragged him to the ground, where she and all the other turtles devoured him alive, right there on the racetrack. It's a disturbing children's book, I know, but <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Scrubs. Sorry. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, <laughs> all this, and I'm going to turn this right back in people's faces. Yes, I'm taking baby steps, but you know what? I, by God, I'm going to win this. Mm -hmm. Liz, we believe Liz, it. You need to chill, Liz. You got to do like I was doing. <laughs> Just you know, came into me cackling on Tuesday when you logged into Teamspeak. It's because I was sitting there hiding. I would snipe. <laughs> run away and watch the idiot just try and figure out who just shot me. Oh, it's and fun, he would just isn't it? wander around and him and his buddies were like looking for me, looking for me. They couldn't find me because all I would do is just the one snipe and then just hide. That's Not what even I've been engaging him in combat. It was so funny to see because they're on a mission. They're in the whole group and all of a sudden they got dinged and they're like, everybody stop and look for who just shot me. Yeah. Um, you were funny. Yeah. When I, I took a break and came back and Mike left his microphone on and I could hear him going, hee, 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 hee. <laughs> 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 It was adorable. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> but, but that's what I do now with siege weaponry. I'll, I'll pull out a siege. If I see a group of more than five people, I will pull out a ballista or a meat catapult or something. And I'm like, look, I can't do much damage uh, with my own skills because I'm a healer. But by God, they can take a ballista off the butt. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and the thing is, is that I'll put it up like if it's near a farm, I'll put it up behind the farm. So I'm just barely, you know, I can still aim at them, but they have no idea. It's awesome. Until usually I, I do get uh, killed by about eight people at the same time. I can escape maybe four um, if I'm smart about it and I've already hidden. But if they know around the vicinity, they're probably going to catch me. And that's fine because I know the battle's lost anyway because there are so many of them. But L still. Liz has gotten very good at recognizing when um, we're trying to take a keep, right? And everyone's got their um, their siege weapons on a wall, and the wall is is the the damage on the wall is being taken pretty pretty well. And she notices that there's there's ranged attackers on top oh, of yeah. the walls. She's very good at taking an entire siege weapon, f 
firing off like a fire pot trebuchet at like the one dude that's pissing everyone off down below the wall and killing him. <laughs> I hit him with one shot. It's so awesome. It's hysterical uh. to see it happen. Because that's really all I can do damage-wise. I mean, you know, if I'm going to contribute in any way, there'll be it's like going to be that. ten guys on the bottom, like trying to trying to you know DPS this one you know sorcerer on the wall uh, who's you know making good headway at, at killing a whole bunch of these guys uh, on on the ground. And there's Liz. You just see her her fire pot trebuchet just like turn ever so slightly, and then <laughs> whoosh, and then you just see the little ball go up in the air. It arcs comes back down and you're like that sorcerer is not moving he's not moving he's not moving bam you're like no, he's definitely not moving he's dead <laughs> oh, good, like some of them are really good about weaving in and out but that's why you use the fire pot because you get more of an area i mean if, that stone trebuchet that first night <laughs> that i got way up front because i was trying to siege the inside of the keep oh that was hysterical. The outside and he was just right next to me, just doing damage to me. And I just got pissed off and slightly turned and just boom, rock in the face. Yeah. Well, uh, big, big congratulations to the Aldmeri Dominion. Um, they they won the last round of, of the last campaign. So congratulations. Yay. That was, yeah, that was, you were there. Um, I wasn't there when we won, but I did log in that day. <laughs> okay. So so that was awesome. Um, I, I got some, some nice little rewards out of that. And uh, I'm enjoying PvPing, and uh, and I know you are too, Liz. Yeah, we made some new friends. Yeah, yeah, cool stuff. We did actually meet meet some new friends. Um, yeah, we did actually. Pac-Man uh, and Runa. Yeah, the, guild now. Great. Okay. Yeah, what guild are they in? Uh, Dragon something. I'm sorry, I forgot the name. Ah, uh, should have. I guess we maybe should have written that down. Um. In any event, uh, yeah, they're 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 great people, and uh, I'm glad that we got a chance to meet them. We never would have if uh, if we weren't, you know, in in Cyrodiil having fun. Was that Dragon Rose? Uh, I don't know. Dragon Rose no, was the name that. of the first group that you and I joined that night. That was pissy, and then good. But they, I don't know if they were a guild or not. No, um, it was Dragon, but I, it wasn't Dragon Rose. I would have remembered that. All right, folks. Um, Liz, anything else? I think that's about it. Okay, yeah, we're going super long with, yeah. with the uh, gameplay section. Um, but this this show can be long because, you know, the, the, the Twitch feed is screwed up anyway. So I'll just have to upload the uh, the video from, from my hard drive onto YouTube so we can go long. It's it's not a big deal, I guess. I'm off tomorrow. No, it doesn't, I don't care. Oh, good. So you can get some lines for me for a certain song that's being written? Uh, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, make, I'll, I'll make time. So VR14 by Saturday? Oh. Uh, no, my stuff first. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Your crafting table in a minute. Ow! Son of a bitch! Master Library by Broski McDave. Ah, yes. This was found on the Skyrim Workshop. And Broski McDave has this to say about Master Library. And I quote, Hi! Just my take on a library with all the in-game books. They've arranged by, they're arranged by subject according to the uh, unofficial Elder Scrolls pages. Uh, it's located in Markarth, and this is my first time modding. A little late, I guess. Hope y'all like it, end quote. So what this does is basically um, it adds a library into Skyrim for you, and it has all of the uh, in-game books there. Um... 
so if you're if you're looking for uh, if you if you love the lore of of the Elder Scrolls and and you find yourself you know getting excited when you see a book that you haven't found yet, you should probably download this mod because there's a ton of books out there. You wouldn't believe how many there actually are and how many that a lot of people have not read. And they're all going to be there inside this library, so you'll be able to you know hang out there and, and check it out, uh, check out some books, and you know it's a cool place to. If you want to just like play Skyrim but do something totally different and you enjoy lore, like this is perfect for you. Perfect. Uh, Rob, we haven't heard from you in a while. Um, would you like to introduce our our second mod, uh, Arkenthand Two Point All right. I was reading this to myself, so uh, bear with me with the pronunciations. All right. Uh, Arkenthand is probably the second most visited dungeon of Morrowind right after Adam Mars Adam Sartus. <laughs> and I always found it to be quite badly designed. Beside the pathfinding issues and generally confusing layout, there are almost no exploration rewards. This mod aims to solve all these problems and make it much more fun to play through. So, what, is what does it exactly do? The interior layout is completely different. Some cells were completely redone, uh, land, bloods, gallery, deep ore passage, and others heavily modified. Most NPCs have been altered to be more interesting in general. All areas are also way more detailed than before. Uh, as far as mod compatibility, no changes were made to the exterior in order to maximize the mod capability. The .esp file was intensely checked and is 100% clean. Uh, the requirements, only Morrowind, no other add-ons are needed. And that comes from uh, Morrowind Nexus. It's called Arkenthand 2.0 by Ragox. That's uh, A-R-K... N-G-T-H-A-N-D, Arkenthan 2.0 by Ragox from the Morrowind Nexus. Um, okay, so uh, we're going to be moving into our discussion topic, and uh, this, is, this is basically what the show is all about. Uh, we're going to be telling people, console players, what they should know about Elder Scrolls Online. In their tongue, he's Dovahkiin, Dragonborn. All right, guys. So, um, console listeners, those who are excited to play this game, it's coming up, guys. June 9th is, uh, the, uh, the debut of Elder Scrolls Online for both Xbox One and PlayStation 4. And what a day it's going to be. Many, many people will be coming to join us on the PC and Mac as full Elder Scrolls Online community members. It's a great day for us because we'll have more people to, to meet and, and be friends with, uh, on the forums. Uh, and of course on, on ESO's Reddit, uh, we won't be able to play with you guys, but you know, we'll have a connection of course. And that's what MMOs are meant to do, bring people together. Um, so in spirit of that and, and kind of, you know, uh, being uh, a little bit, um, I guess maybe helpful to, to people because there's a lot of people on the Reddit asking, what do I need to know? Uh, asking specific questions. I thought it might be nice to maybe just throw a list together of things that we wish we knew or things that we believe console players should know when when picking up Elder Scrolls Online. Um, we've got a whole bunch of bullet points here. It doesn't really matter to me uh, how, how we go about doing this. 
I think maybe we can do like a round robin sort of a thing. Is that cool with you guys? By me? Yeah. All right. Um, so each one of these is, is just a, a point to mention. Uh, let's start with Liz. Okay. This game is buy to play. That was the first bullet point here. It is. It, it stops saying it's free to play, by the way. <laughs> right. And, and it's important. Uh, yeah, I guess what we'll do is um, if uh, you just read off a, a, a talking point here and then just, just give us like a blurb about how you feel about that, that bullet point. Maybe we can do that. I think I just did that. You did, actually. Um <laughs> So, yeah, it's buy-to-play, uh, there's no sub, it's not free-to-play, um, but yeah, console players should be aware of that. And so far, it's not really, well, it will eventually, but it's not really feeling like if I unsubbed that I'd be missing out on much right now. That will change. Yes, yeah, yeah, you don't have to worry, once you buy the game and you play it, um, you don't have to worry about, um about a constant monthly subscription and not having access to your game if you don't you don't play it. You, you, can, you buy the game once, you can play it for a week and not play it for nine months and then get back into it and you're just as, you're exactly where you were. Um, okay, go ahead, Rob. Elder Scrolls Online has an amazing community. This includes podcasts, YouTubers, Twitch streamers, fan sites, active social media, and including uh, an entire Reddit uh, subform. Uh, I completely agree with this. Uh, there are tons of people that are streaming this game. Um, more and more uh, YouTubers are popping up. Uh, you have, obviously, our podcast. Other podcasts uh, are, are starting to spring up as well. Uh, tons of fan sites uh, for all kinds of details regarding the game. Um, anything from builds to advice to, um, you know, how, how to get past a certain quest. Uh, and, of course, uh, very active social media. The uh, Elder Scrolls Online Twitter account is uh, constantly uh, answering questions. So, yeah, you have an amazing community to look forward to. Yeah, they also have, they just started a Snapchat account as well, and uh, they have a Tumblr page, and <laughs> yeah, they have a Tumblr page. So uh, Snapchat, if um, if you're looking to get some uh, some nice Khajiit nudes, you know, there you go. Elder Scrolls Online, for, the official. For 12 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're age uh, 13 to 18, you're one of these <laughs> And vain. You'll already have a Snapchat. I, I had a laugh over that when I saw, hey guys, we're on Snapchat. I'm like, <laughs> I know. I did too. <laughs> I'm waiting for the vines. Yeah. The, the great thing was that in that chat, when on the ESO Live, when they announced Snapchat, half the people said, what the hell is Snapchat? And the rest of them were like, yeah, that's for the vain people. Yeah, we know. Yeah. We're, we're gamers. We're not like that. <laughs> and basically laughed him out of the stream. It was amazing. Yeah. But hey, you know what? It's there if if you like Snapchat um, and you like Elder Scrolls Online, it's a win. So, but yes, it's got an amazing community. Um, Mike, so you can purchase convenience items off the Crown Store. So the Crown Store is not just there for pets and mounts, but also uh, things like potions and uh, repair kits, things of that nature. Yeah, um, if obviously if you're if you're looking to buy, uh, you know, if you find yourself in a in a dungeon and you're stuck, you can always access the uh, the store there. 
uh, from from the uh, the user interface and be able to to purchase some convenience items and help you on your way. Uh, next one here is you will not have the same experience you had in Skyrim, but the single player experience is amazing nonetheless. So so um, I know Liz had brought this up last episode. A lot of people who are unaware, the uninitiated, I suppose, of Elder Scrolls Online, they do ask. You know, I'm a console gamer, and is, is it really like Skyrim? And and the, really, the answer is no. No, it's not like Skyrim because Skyrim is is a game. It's a single player game, and it's built like that, and it does it very, very well. Elder Scrolls Online is an MMO, um, and it does that very, very, very well. Uh, the the single player experience in Elder Scrolls Online is not going to be exactly like you know it in Skyrim, but it is fantastic. The stories are very good. You don't have to interact with anybody. Um, but, of course, it's an MMO. It's built for you to interact with people, so it's obviously highly advisable that you do because you're just going to enjoy yourself more. Um, if you don't enjoy interacting with, with people while you're playing a game, or maybe just that night you're, you're not expecting that or want that, don't feel like you have to. Uh, the single-player game in Elder Scrolls Online is is very, very good. So you'll, you will enjoy it. But it won't be the same as Skyrim. So, so expect that. Can uh, I jump in with one thing on that? Yeah, of course. Uh, a lot of people in Skyrim spend a lot of time in domestic pursuits. Uh, crafting, their houses, whatever the case might be. It's not like what happened with Ultima Online where you, know, you spend time in crafting pursuits or things of that nature... And, you know, some guy comes through and bullies you into, you know, destroying everything you've built. So they've done been very careful about making it so that if you want to experience this as a single player, a la Skyrim or Oblivion, that you have that opportunity without having to worry about getting bashed upside the head by, you know, a giant uh, orc, you know, in the AD zone or something like that. So, you know, player to player interaction is very, fairly civil. Um, I'm typing in the chat room right now uh, for for their feedback as well. Maybe the chat room can give us some some points as well on this. Uh, Liz, you're up. Um, being an ESO Plus member gives you bonus to X, bonuses to XP and crowns to spend in the store uh, every month. They give you something, and you know what? I got that Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> you like it? I do. I could tell. Yeah. <laughs> Being an ESO Plus member, uh, if you can if you can afford it and you want to support Zenimax, uh, it's it's a good thing to do. Um, you get to support the game, like many many MMO players are try to do. I see on Twitter a lot. Hey, how do I support? You know, you guys, you have a free to play game. Is there a, a subscription involved? I actually see that a lot, which is why we bring this up. Yes, there is a way to do that on a monthly basis, and it's called ESO Plus membership, and along with that. You do get bonuses toward XP, um, as well as a bunch of other passive bonuses as well. Uh, and, of course, you do get a monthly crown allotment brought to your, your account. It's not, it's to your account. It's not on a per-character basis, so you don't have to worry about, um, you know, is one character going to get it versus another. Uh, Rob? All right, let's see. Lost the spot. Okay. Encourage yourself to group up with others. It is an MMO after all. Uh, yes, we we did say that this is a, uh, uh, you know, this plays very well like a single player game and that you shouldn't have to group up if you don't want to. But 
you're going to be missing out on some of the best content in the game. Uh, the dungeons, uh, the Dragon Star Arena, uh, Craglorn are all great. There's absolutely great content to experience. Uh, but in order to really be competitive, well, I wouldn't say competitive, but if you want to actually complete the content, then you're going to need to group up. Yes, absolutely. Um, if if you are the kind of person who is not interested in in a in a grouping experience or seeing other people in your world in Elder Scrolls, you may not want to get this right away. You may want to play it or see someone play it. Um, you may want to do a little investigation first before actually deciding to to purchase it. Um, it's not for everybody, especially uh, Elder Scrolls fans. It's not for all every Elder Scrolls fan out there, but um, if you do enjoy MMOs and you love Elder Scrolls, we highly recommend it. And uh, some of the best experiences, you hear it on this show. You hear us how we talk about our single-player experiences and then, you know, how when we when we talk and group up about, about what we did during the week as a group, you can hear it's just it, we have more fun grouping up in this game together. So we highly recommend it. Uh, Mike, on to the next one. So you can choose to be a werewolf or a vampire and gain new skill trees for each of those. And unlike Skyrim, where to complete a quest line, you have to be a werewolf, such as the companions, or in the Dawn Guard to choose the vampire side. Uh, with this, you don't have to be one, but you have the option to become one. And if you do, you get a skill set to go with it. Uh, you can choose from one of three factions. The Aldmeri Dominion, the Ebonheart Pact, and the Daggerfall Covenant. But all of the characters you make are not bound to that one decision with that one character. You can make a character and a second character can be in a different faction. That is something that, that can be done. Um, also, you should be aware that if you do make a character... Uh, when when you make a character and make this choice um, later on in the game, when you finally finish your um, your faction's story, you have the choice of going to your enemy faction's territory and actually doing their storyline as well, as if you had created a character on that side. Um, no spoilers. We're not going to tell you how that's possible, uh, but the game does find a decent enough excuse to get you out there. So don't feel like you have to make multiple characters to experience all of the storylines that are in the game. You can you can make one character and do it all uh, with them. But you can also make characters and have them in different factions. Uh, Liz, the next one, please. Um, I highlighted it for you. One to uh, join the fighters, mages, and undaunted guilds. Guilds only if only to open up their skill lines because you want as many skill lines as possible regardless of class and play style. They have some great stuff. Picking and choosing skills to place on your hotbar from all the skill lines will only make your character stronger. And I'm sure by hotbar, you know, whatever key or button bind it is. Um, yeah. And also, the next one, there are no public dungeons and, and or there are public dungeons and instanced dungeons. So it's not... <sighs> How would you put this? Well, let's let's go back for just a second. All right, you were saying that um, uh, you, joining the mages, uh, the fighters, the mages, and undaunted guilds are you can do all three at once. All right, uh, we had said that um, 
regardless of class and play style, it's a good idea to do that because you can mix and match your skills. I want to ask you a quick question. Um, Liz, what what skill lines have you opened up that you've mixed and matched with your class skill uh, that uh, you you felt were made it stronger? Uh, Mage's Guild, uh, that Mage Light thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just realized this week, or I just you know noticed when I was going through the list of my skills, that it you can see hidden enemies near you in PvP. Yeah. How useful is that? Very. <laughs> Very yeah. Cool. Um, what about you, Mike? I mean, what what what's some of uh, what's some skills you've used from other skill lines that made your character stronger? So it, it's more the passives that you get for the fighters and the mages guild. The fighters passives really make your character really tough against Daedra, vampires, werewolves, uh, and also opens up that intimidate on the uh, fighters guild and the what's the one on the mages guild persuade. Uh, and so it opens up a lot more uh, dialogue options for you when you have. Uh, a non-player character that you're interacting with. And I really noticed this on my low-level character because I hadn't put points in either of those skill lines. And they didn't pop up on Quest, or they were shaded out saying, hey, you you know, you need to get the skill line. And it makes a huge difference. It absolutely does. Uh, what about you, Rob? I, any any skills that you've mixed uh, up? Absolutely. Evil Hunter. Yeah. Nice. He was just talking about that. Evil uh, Hunter. It's Fighter's Guild. Um, I've actually just uh, just unlocked. Um, oh, sil- the, huh? The shooty thing. Silver bolts, yeah, yeah. And uh, as a Templar, all right. Uh, as a tank, um, it's it's not something that I really felt it was useful, and even in PvP, I never really felt it was useful. Um, but it's it's a hell of a lot of fun, especially um, when you can shoot a player in the face with that thing <laughs> and make a dent at him. Like if you just happen to shoot the one guy that's a vampire in Cyrodiil, they're not expecting you to use that because most people don't use it. And by no means is it a high DPS sort of a, a skill. But um, if you get lucky and you fire that thing off on the right guy at the right time, it makes a difference. And uh, it's it's extremely enjoyable. <laughs> so I've, I've enjoyed that. Um, and yes, there are public and instanced ju- dungeons as well. So there are dungeons when you run in there um, that you're going to see other people running around with you. And there are dungeons where it's just you and your friends. Uh, Rob, the next one, please. Craglorn is an adventure zone meant for group content and there will be more to come uh mentioned this before uh craglorn enemies start at vr 11 uh so if you go in there as a vr1 you're gonna have a bad time (laughs) but it's not undoable it's it's not undoable it's just very difficult um also uh liz is uh giving us an update here uh please mention dungeons do have bosses when you played this game at the first time, well, when I played this game for the first time, and now that I've made some more friends in PvP, they've told me they had the same experience, where I didn't know the dungeons had bosses for the longest time, because I was playing when everyone else was playing at about the same level, and they would all go in and kill the bosses, and I'm running around, I have no idea. They're not marked. You yeah. know, they don't, they don't tell you, they don't give you a quest at the beginning of these dungeons. So if they do that on the console, please know that. Um, you're probably going to have to look it up, unfortunately. I hate that. Yes, yes, because yeah. public dungeons um, tend to, especially in the lower lower level areas, they tend to get a lot of traffic. You may run in there and destroy everything and miss the um, 
uh, miss the the boss in that particular dungeon and not get credit for actually uh, completing it. And you have to go back in there and and find find the boss. So um, just know that uh, all of all of the dungeons do have bosses, including the public ones. And if you've ran through there and you haven't uh, completed the dungeon yet, as per any achievement uh, or or maybe it just hasn't been highlighted on the map. Um, just, uh, you gotta go in there and, and, and look for its name in the quest journal. It'll tell you what you have to do and how many bosses there are and what their names are. And if you see people just standing around all in a group, they're probably waiting for the, the boss to respawn. Right. That's right. Yep. Um, anything else on, on adventure zones? I don't want to skip anything. No. Okay. Best gear is crafted by the way. Uh, some people would debate that, but earlier on when you're leveling, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Mike, the next one, please. Mods are only available for PC and Mac because Sony and Microsoft do not have a software approval process for indie developers making small add-ons for the current video game. So if you're going to be playing on Sony and Microsoft and you hear us or other podcasts or other YouTubers saying that they're using better maps or uh, Tamriel Tactical Combat or something like that, do realize that it's only going to be available for the PC or Mac. Yeah, I feel for people that, because that question is going to be put out a lot. Yeah. 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 Where, how do I download, uh, because that's that's a big thing for um, uh, Elder Scrolls fans is is the modding community. And I've already heard people ask, like, well, if the game, if Elder Scrolls Online is going to be on my console, how do I download the mods? Yeah. <laughs> and the answer to that is you don't because Sony and Microsoft don't allow indie developers to create mods for video games that have been released by you know yeah unfortunately you just can't that question is going to come up often if you ever find yourself uh, coming across that question don't be a jackass to someone just tell them that there are no mods for PCs that's done or for consoles that's done yeah don't be a jackass about it <laughs> Uh, Liz, on to, on to the next. Oh, oh, try the PvP. <laughs> the only PvP zone is in Cyrodiil. And you could start at level 10, remember that, level 10 on a PvP server that's geared for level 10 to 49. And that's just, the server buffs your character, uh, the server buffs your character so you can com- competitively survive and fight against a natural level 50 player, an option called battle leveling. So literally, you will, uh, you will go up to that level. Do you understand? It, you'll feel like you're that level. Yeah, your attributes get buffed to level 50. There you go. And um, on other servers with short to longer campaigns, durations exist for veteran players. You can still go in at level 10. It'll scale you up. Yeah. But uh, they call it like the learning PvP. Um, and apparently it's the most fun because people aren't jackasses. <laughs> So get in there as soon as possible. Learn what you're doing. And by the time you hit a VR level, unfortunately, you can't go back in there uh, once you've hit a VR level on that character. But, you know, you could you could learn on your way up without all the jackassery. Um, okay. Uh, I, I'd like to maybe get away from that word. If that's, oh, come on. If we could. There, there are kids listening. <laughs> if we could. Right. Thank you. Um, and, and, and Rob, uh, the, the final one that we, we have here today. The console's UI was built from the ground up with a controller in mind. Yeah, so for those of you out there kind of concerned about how how the game is going to translate onto console, 
part of the reason why I did, uh, part of the reason that Zoss cites that it took so long for them to get it onto console was because they wanted to build the UI from the ground up with a controller in mind. And, you know, we, we haven't, we haven't played it. Um, but if they're apparently from what I hear, it, uh, it feels very good. So, so, uh, look forward to that at least. All right. Uh, is there anything else? Maybe the chat room maybe posted some some stuff. Uh, maybe something we wanted to add to this this list. No. All right. Um, if we happen to find something that the chat room wants us to to uh, call out, we will. Uh, until then, Tamriel's rumors. Oh my God, Becky! Did you hear what Yorun just did? <laughs> Poppycock! <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Smart in the chat room is saying if Arwen's Captain America. Language. <laughs> I know. I don't know what I'm supposed to call donkeys now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. That was good, Liz. Very good. <laughs> All right, um, Tamriel's rumors. So, so what does Zoss have to say at E3, I wonder? Well, Bethesda will hold an E3 press conference on Sunday, June 14th. Now, whereas most of the internet is bracing itself for a Fallout 4 announcement and possibly an early announcement for Elder Scrolls 6, we've come to find out that Bethesda's not the only ones with something to say. Kai Schrober... EU community manager for Zoss stated on the official forums that they will be present at the Bethesda E3 panel. Well, with so much potential for ESO after the launch of consoles, meaning they've got a lot of stuff planned um, coming to coming after you know a lot of uh, content update coming after consoles is uh, is finally released. Uh, what do we think Zoss will likely talk about, Mike? So I think the first thing is, since the what, the 9th and then the 13th, first thing we're going to hear is the Imperial City. So I think they're going to show you know footage of the Imperial City, possibly give us a date, which would be great, and say this is you know what we're going to have going on. All right, so you're expecting Imperial City. If, if they're going to say anything at all, it's going to be Imperial City. And it's going to be dates, I think. Mm-hmm. That would be that'd be good to hear. That'd be good to hear. Uh, wh- what about you, Rob? It's tough to say. Uh, I'm really hoping that they announce the Imperial City, uh, or at least give us a little bit more information on it. Uh, Rothgar, I'd like to hear a little bit more on that, and Merkmeyer. You know, any of those three, I'd be perfectly happy with. Uh, what do you think, Liz? Um, with with a uh, you know Imperial City and. Um, like Rob had called out, uh, Orsinium, Rothgar, Merkmeyer, um, yeah, Clockwork City was something else that, that came out there as well. Um, you know, uh, what do you think? When is E3? It's, uh, next, next, uh, it's in a few weeks, two weeks away. Yeah, it's like the 13th away? and 14th or something. Oh, like okay. That. So it's after the console releases. It, it, are those things that you guys are talking about, is that big enough to hold a press conference about? Well, I think the thing is, is that Bethesda is holding the press conference, but Zoss is going to be there, uh, according to this here, on the panel. So, you know, Bethesda we know is looking possibly Fallout 4, Tez 6, Doom, 
Um, but what is what is Zosk doing there? Are, are they the just going to try? Well, I don't know. I would think that that's just to promote the fact that their their game just came out on console. Um, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, me. actually. Yeah, because I, I think that's a perfect time to to say, "Hey, we're on console." In case you didn't know, like I, I think that's a perfect time to do it. Yeah. Um, incidentally, I can't freaking wait for Doom. I can't wait. That's gonna be that's gonna be a lot of fun. <laughs> Looking forward to hearing about Doom. Um, you know, like, like Rob was saying, you know, it's hard to it's hard to say. Um, and and Mike was saying Imperial City. I feel very strongly if Zoss is going to be there, they have to say something about the Imperial City. Otherwise, that is probably one of the biggest missed opportunities that could have occurred for the Imperial City this year. Now here's another thought. Okay, they tried the Elder Scrolls franchise as a uh, MMO. What do you think of the Fallout as an MMO? Because they are the MMO company. Well, I, I have it on good authority. And this this information came to me in a whisper two and a half years ago. Okay? Just so you know. Okay. But <laughs> essentially, yes. Uh, kind of <laughs> kind of like that. Um, I have it on, on good authority. An inside person, one of the developers, had told me that if Elder Scrolls Online is successful, they are going to do a Fallout MMO. They're going to do it. Um, so it, it all depends on how successful um, Elder Scrolls Online is. I think what they're waiting on is is seeing what the numbers bring in for the end of this year on console, and then um, we might hear something about that happening. But if they're looking to go that far with it, then I don't see why they wouldn't announce at least Fallout 4 for E3 this year. If that was the thinking two and a half years ago, then it has to be inevitable that they've got to say something about Fallout 4 at E3 this year. Has to. Otherwise, why even why why spend all this money on an MMO if you ha- if your last iteration of the game has been how many years at that point? Yep. You know, I mean, it just doesn't make sense. You need something to bridge the gap there, just to just to see if that's even going to fly. But this is the rumor section, so that could be a possibility. Well, that's why it's in the rumor section, yeah, yeah. because all this is is just rumors and conjecture. I'm just hoping that we get a, a schedule like a, you know, the month of July we are releasing Imperial City, the month of August we're releasing Rothgar, the month of October we're releasing Swamp Face. I mean, <laughs> Sw- Swamp Thing, the video game. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, anyone else have anything else on this that they want to get out before we move on? Okay. All right, guys. Um, we are we are off and away onto uh, our community section. Your your uh, YouTube comments, guild discussion, and uh, and emails. Right after this. I've been looking for you. 
Got something I'm supposed to deliver. Your hands only. Oh my. <laughs> we got a bigger shark. <laughs> they were going to need a bigger podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, in good fashion, Mike, in the last couple of weeks, has been taking this tiny little stuffed shark. We heard you talk about, you heard us talk about it last week, where, you know, you see the fin going across the webcam and then, you know, the shark comes out with his open mouth and, and swallows the, the webcam. Um, Rob. Uh, in good fashion being Rob takes this giant freaking stuffed shark and does the same thing and it's just massive he's got to hold it with two hands and was... it has to be a three foot shark in there it's a <laughs> yeah it's like a three foot great like plushy great white that my son got at SeaWorld and uh, it just happened to be sitting right there so I was like alright now's the time now's the time gauntlet is down Let's down. Next week, I'm bringing out Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's the shark's name. <laughs> um, Rob, we we have uh, we have something coming from uh, ESOTR Meridia this week, do we not, sir? That is correct. Uh, for the ESOTR Guild updates, uh, that's right. We do have a guild for everyone. ESO Akatosh is our Aldmeri Dominion Guild. Uh, Meridia is our Evanheart Pact Guild, and. Uh, DSOTR Stendar is our Daggerfall Covenant Guild. Uh, announced yesterday, um, Meridia is going to be conducting a Cyrodiil PvE Jamboree. And that is going to be Saturday, or uh, Loridas, um, May 30th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. What this is going to be is... Uh, Basic sky shard hunting, dolment destruction, del- uh, delve diving, and quest completion. Uh, levels 10 and above is the requirement. Meet up on the Evanheart Pact held Thornblade server. So you're going into Big Thorn. That's going to be an epic, epic good time. There's no AP farming. Yeah. What? <laughs> I don't do that. Uh, <laughs> Shoot. Saturday, May 30th, 1 p.m. Eastern. I'll totally do that. Cyrodiil PvE <laughs> Jamboree. Um, no, no, uh, no holiday this week in, in Tamriel, guys. And that in itself is kind of like a holiday because it only happens a couple of times in the year that, that no one in all of Tamriel from, from, um, uh, the Valenwood to Skyrim, <laughs> from Hammerfell to Black Marsh, from Vardenfell to the Somerset Isles. No one celebrated anything this week. <laughs> it's Christmas in oblivion. Yeah. Uh, so. But hey, it's five o'clock somewhere, right, guys? Exactly. <laughs> All right, I do understand that this is getting long. We're two hours and ten minutes into the show. Um, we've got your YouTube comments and your emails uh, so we're going to go through that right now. Um, Liz, would you mind, what, what sorts of comments did we get from episode 151 on YouTube? We got from YouTube, we got Nathan Stoddard. I don't foresee housing anytime soon, but if they ever do it, I would say that Lotor, uh, Lord of the Rings Online, or Wildstar-styled housing, basically instance in Lotor, the instance where neighborhoods. That makes no sense. So okay, he's the kind of thing I was talking about, where you enter into a neighborhood of houses, and then uh, your house is located within it. So it's like an instance within an instance. 
Okay. Yeah. I was talking about the Inception. sentence structure, but okay. He's, he meant to say in Lord of the Rings, the instance, uh, the, the instance uh, houses were in neighborhoods, but okay. um, it didn't come out the right way. <laughs> and from Dave MG, hey, little tip, auto invite works way better. I do have that. It still wasn't working for me. So I don't know what's going on. Um, from Alexander Guerin. Guerin. That's the last name in uh, Dragon Age. <laughs> now you know. Um, Hi, guys. I just discovered your <laughs> podcast, and I enjoy listening to it at work, especially during the night shifts. I'm a TES fan since 2003 and Morrowind, and that is still my favorite game. Maybe it's me being subjective, but neither Oblivion or Skyrim got the same feeling of lone adventurer and the bizarre, almost Lovecraftian. Yeah. I've never yep. heard of that world that is Vardenfell. Anyways, I just wanted to thank you for this series, and at risk of becoming annoying, all I can suggest is more episodes of Morrowind and its amazing content, mods, and expansions. I'm enjoying lore discussions and episodes like the one where you guys visited Chaden Hall. They're very interesting and unique. I could listen to a two-hour episode on each Tamarielic town and never get bored. Cheers, and keep doing a great job. What do you think, Mike? Two-hour yeah. episode on Chaden Hall one day? We did that one, remember? That was yeah, the did. first episode I was on. Uh, I don't remember that, but I'm gonna have to go back. Uh, episode but, twenty, I believe it is, on classic Elder Scrolls. I, I don't. It's not that I disbelieve you. I'm just admitting the fact I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, we should do another two-hour episode on one of those on one of the towns. We should do. We should do a two-hour episode on Bruma. Yeah, that'd be. We can't uh, do it on the rundown city though. There. Um, Oh yeah, the the one with the lucky lady in it. <laughs> yeah, is that the one? No, that's the it's one in the one. south. Oh god, yeah. I forgot the name of it. Um, surprise! I haven't surprise. been in Oblivion in a long time. Lanswin. Anyway. Uh, it could be Leowin. Could be Leowin. Maybe it was Breville, isn't it? Maybe the lucky lady of Breville. Yeah, that was it. Actually, I don't even know. I'm agreeing to something I have no idea what I'm talking about. But hey, Alex Ventress sent us an email, and he said. <laughs> And he says, hello, ESOTR crew. Hi, this is Alex Ventress. I've been following you all since Skyrim off the record. Left for a while and have just recently come back to you thanks to ESO's Welcome Back Weekend. Bought ESO due to this and all of you. I have finally caught up with the podcast and just wanted to throw out some talking points that came to mind while listening to several episodes in a row. Firstly... We always see the Daedric Princes working to cause some sort of chaos in the world, usually with one primary antagonist, while the other princes seem to be just be derping around. After seeing how many times they have failed to achieve their aims, do you not think that two or more of them might work together temporarily to overcome us in the next Elder Scrolls game or in an expansion for ESL? Obviously, they would both try and backstab each other at some point, but I think it would make a great plot. Secondly, on a similar note, do you think we will ever see the Aedra regain more of their power to have the same kind of effect that the Daedric Princes have on the world rather than small buffs we get from the game? Again, I think that this would show development in the world. After our champions that we have played thwart the destruction and ruination of Nurn each time, I would want them to have regained some power over the more evil-aligned Daedra. I'm probably completely wrong on this, but from what I understand, since they gave so much of their energy to create Nurn, they're technically a part of it. 
shouldn't they over time have some of that energy restored to them or have quests to aid them in restoring their power? Just some random thought that came to mind. Thanks for reading this, and I look forward to future episodes, getting involved more with the community, and I hope to get into that chat room sometime since I usually can only catch the podcast. I hope everyone stays safe and healthy. Thanks, Alex Ventress. What do you think, guys? Should uh, should Daedric Princes group up together and start smacking Nern around in the next Elder Scrolls game, and should the Aedra regain their power? I would love to see. Uh, I would love to see an Elder Scrolls game that, or, or even in, in ESO, uh, where there is some sort of event that takes place. Um, because I mean the 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 Adra are just kind of names and whispers. They're you know they're deities that are worshipped, but they really don't listen. You know, um, I would just love it if you had like just the most dire circumstance take place. And then just out of nowhere, uh, you have like this, you know, wrath of Akatosh just come down and, uh, you know, just pretty much l- l- like a deus ex machina. Yeah. But that's what I, I would love to see. That We kind of had that a little bit with Oblivion, but... I think it'd be amazing. I, I, he's got a great idea here. What if the, the his idea were mashed all together? What if a couple of the Daedric princes got together uh, oh, to yeah. destroy Nern once and for all? And a few of the the Aedra happened to see this and band together, they, you know, to to f- take their energy, whatever they've got left, and pour it into one person, the player, to fight off Daedra. And it turns out to be like this this huge freaking. Um, apocalyptic battle between this one guy imbued with the power of the Aedra to destroy Daedric princes and push them back. I think that'd be amazing. Awesome. Especially in like a single player game. Like that'd be freaking great. Yeah, I would love that. Plus you can make some callbacks to the Knights of the Nine quest where you had to pick up like, you know, armor that, that were, um, that was imbued with, uh, I think it was power from the Adra. I think that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'm remembering that right. Yeah, it's the Gauntlet of Stendar and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, but you know, the one thing is, is first realize that not all of the Daedra are evil. Uh, so no. that's a big part right there. Yeah. Uh, so like in ESO, we're going to run across that uh, a couple of different times with different Daedra having different agendas, uh, and that's another big thing right there. I mean, when you think of the Daedric princes that you could have team up together. Many of them, you know, are continually fighting against each other. Um, you know, Mehrunes Dagon would never team up with Molag Ball. And the two of them would be the cl- most closely related of the two that you could think of to, to team up. Sheogorath, obviously, he's so damn crazy that there's no way in heck anybody's going to team up with him. And uh, Boethia and Mafala, you know, Boethia possibly could the two of them could possibly come together um but you would have obviously like uh azura and uh meridia all working against the evil plots of these if they were to have team-ups like that as to the adra regaining more of their power part of the elven pantheon really comes down to the concept of 
after the Adra gave themselves to create Nern, that even some of the Atada had to reproduce to keep from dying off. And those Atada that had reproduced became the Mer and the humans. And depending on if they sided with the Akatosh and Trinimac versus Lorcan, became either Mer or humans. Mm. So them regaining power would need to recon recongeal or re um group aspects of themselves that would probably tear Nern apart. I think you're forgetting about one key factor here, and that is um Liz could whip them all into shape. That is I don't know about get that. them all in line. Yeah. That's that's the one thing right there. Um great thoughts guys. Uh Rob, would you mind doing our our second and last email? Sure. Good afternoon, everyone. I just wanted to write in about my favorite item in any Elder Scrolls game. That item is just a run-of-the-mill belt. Make it exquisite if you like. That I enchanted with constant effect levitate. (laughs) Seriously, best item in any game. It's not easy to make. I don't think I've ever made one under level 15. But once you have it, no fall damage, you can take yourself out of melee combat by flying up. Fly out of range of cliff racers, and it's a ton of fun. I highly recommend making yourself one if you can. Again, thank you uh, for taking the time to read. Justin at... Uh, I'm not going to put his name out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Justin. So, thank Justin. you, Justin. Yeah. Uh, you know what? That, <laughs> that's a really... Uh, that's an awesome thing um, that... Uh, that you can do in Morrowind. Um, great, great idea. Uh, a belt of levitate in, in Morrowind. Uh, make it very powerful. Um, but incidentally, this is probably the reason why uh, they moved away from that sort of game mechanic in Oblivion um, and tried to tone it down a bit. And then once they saw what happened in Oblivion with spellcrafting, they just said, we're here with Skyrim and we're just not even going to touch it. Because... <laughs> Our players are really devious, and they, they create things we never wanted. No, in the game. <laughs> could you like imagine? They, they... You know, you'd fly up above like the game board instead of falling through the world. You'd fly out of the world. There is a ceiling. So are you <laughs> saying there are yeah. players that would would craft a bunch of iron daggers and then log out and log back in and then get more iron for no. this, daggers? Who would do such a thing? <laughs> Un- I don't know. God. Unspeakable. Unspeakable. <laughs> All right, folks, that is the end of our show. And thank you so much for, for listening uh, through and through. We we appreciate it. Uh, but you may be wondering, where else? Where else? Avar and where? Where could I get this show other than the one place I do listen to? Well, uh, if you're a fan of iTunes, guess what? We're there. We're on iTunes. Uh, also, if you, if you have an Android phone um, or any other phone, for that matter, other than an iPhone, you can download the Stitcher Radio app from the Google Play Store or the whatever store Windows calls it, and uh, you can listen to us on Stitcher Radio using that app. It's very easy to find us. Just type in Elder Scrolls Off the Record or Elder Scrolls Online Podcast, and we'll pop up. Uh, QuestGamingNetwork.com, that's our website, and you can also listen to this show at QuestGamingNetwork.com and, of course, on YouTube youtube.com slash quest gaming network and please folks find it in your heart to subscribe we'd love it if you did uh where to find us of course questgamingnetwork.com is our website also elder scrolls off the record.com uh you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash quest gaming network 
Uh, you can tweet at us at Elder Scrolls OTR. That's at Elder Scrolls OTR. And of course, you can put some comments down in our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Quest Gaming Network. Hey, we do this show live and it happens on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Quest Gaming Network. And speaking of our live show, next episode will be on Friday, June 5th at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, the next episode of Classic is going to be much earlier than that. This Sunday, 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 May 31st at 11 a.m. Eastern. And we be doing some Skyrims. Famous people of Skyrim. Oh, yeah. Is it a big secret of who we're talking about in Skyrim? No, we just haven't uh, decided yet because I sent <laughs> up the notes today, but there is no um, like topic here yet. So I right. wanted to talk to you about what you have done because... I'd hate to suggest that we do one and find out you've already completed it. Well, that would be an issue, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> uh, we've got uh, two more things to call out, of course. Mark's Battle Spire will continue Mondays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. And do not forget about Dancing with Daggers Friday nights, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Quest Gaming Network. Uh, here's the part of our show where I like to give the final thoughts over to our hosts. Starting with Mike. I get to go first? Oh, no. Ah, what do I do? Mike never goes first. (laughs) Mike never goes first. (laughs) Okay, I'm going. Bye. Uh Okay, (laughs) bye-bye. And Liz. I drew a picture. What'd you draw a picture of? Uh, Lots of things. They're not very good, though. Oh, are you going to take a picture and, and tweet it out? No. Why? Because. Because why? Because! Because why? Because I said so! Alright, good enough for me. Rob, final thoughts! <laughs> Zoss, fix your quest. Dancing with Daggers, tomorrow night. Liz, we're coming for you. Ah, yeah, right. Oh, my. <laughs> well, uh, thank you to, to the chat room. Thank you to my wonderful hosts. You guys made a great show today. Uh, great, great thoughts and, uh, and subjects, of course. Um, appreciate all the, uh, all the gameplay discussion. I had a lot of fun. Uh, thank you for for listening and for for subscribing um, on uh, on iTunes and on YouTube as well, guys. Uh, we appreciate that. And send us your emails at elderscrollsofftherecord at gmail on those challenges, and um, let us know how you did. Take care, everyone. Be safe, and as always, may the force be with you. Uh, apparently, via Twitter, we have a pretty hefty rage of the week. <laughs> oh my! Coffee time, Rob. Coffee time. All right, meet you at the coffee, Rob. Especially about um, a new subject that I've just learned about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say the new subject. Uh, start going free to play. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in regards to, uh, to to that topic, Ivarwin, uh, it's not all it's cracked up to be. Ah! <laughs> all right, on that note, I'm going to go get coffee. I like that. That's good. That was good. I like <laughs> that. Was, that was lame. <laughs> in, in, incidentally, though, it's a good time to talk about are <laughs> right after we start discussing <laughs> Exactly. Because <laughs> both are <laughs> <laughs> Damn! It's going to be hard for me to find... Uh, Outtakes on this one. (laughs) (laughs) Outtakes that you can't... uh...
you can use. That I can you know. use. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, come on, Mike. You're a scientist. I'm sure there's some books laying around that you can prop them on. Dude, I wonder if this if this is something real in Skyrim. I just found a picture of a skeletal hand coming out of a pond. It looks like it's in Whiterun area. Yeah. Holding a sword. Yeah. Some damn tart giving you, making you king. <laughs> <laughs> just because a watery tart threw a sword at you. <laughs> Doesn't make you king. <laughs> I like that in Zone Chat the other day. Somebody was like, yeah, I'm oh, in for somewhere on. here. And I was like, well, I didn't vote for you. What's your drawing today? I don't know. Your mama. Who's <laughs> 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 <laughs>